What's up, man? What's going on, Poppy? How you feeling today? Not too bad. How you doing? You know, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. I think I pulled yeah. something in my uh in my like trap muscle. Oh no. So that's been bugging me the past few days. Hey, but hey, hey, you know what? We're good. We're surviving. Could be worse. Right. Uh could be my foot cramping up right now. So I'm really just struggling over here. I'm going through it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, not bad. Not bad. It's cold as shit this morning. It it, it was it was cold as shit this morning. I wasn't I wasn't having it. Like last night I kind of made the mistake. I just so I haven't done laundry in a little while. I'm I've been a little lazy. Um, so I wore shorts to work last night. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I wore shorts to work last night. You're a crazy which, bastard. Which isn't that bad because like I'm indoors. Yeah. I mean, it's not like climate control or anything like that. So like when it's excuse me, when it's cold as ball, when it's cold outside, <laughs> it's cold inside. Yeah, I worked in a place like that. Eh? But it's when it's hot. When it's hot outside, it's hot as shit in there. Yeah. When it's, when it's cold outside, it's cold as shit in there. Yeah. 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 Yep. So. Like, luckily, there are some points in the warehouse where it's, like, warmer because there's, like, uh, like conveyor belts running overhead. Oh, okay. So, like, some spots, it is warm, but... um, Do books ever, like, or boxes of books ever fall off those things? No, no, because they, like, they have, like, nets up around them to, oh. to, to prevent that. Okay. Because, like, there's constantly people moving, like, underneath of them. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You know? I was like, oh, God. You know, so, no, that's, no, that's never happened. Um... But yeah, there's one spot. It's called Building Seven. It's the it's the newest building as a part of a part of, um, the Random House Westminster facility. That sounds like where like illegal like lab testing happens. <laughs> building Seven. Yeah. Yeah. No. Some about it does. No. It like all the buildings are numbered. Yeah. So Building Seven is just an extension of where they're putting they put more books for us to pick from. I wish colleges did it like that. Ever seen colleges the like, the like, uh, like the LeBron James building, whatever the Leif, the Leif Garrison building. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got all these like. Oh, I'll see you at the. I'll see you at the LeBron building at, at six. Like no, no, it's like building one. Just say building two. It's okay. I'll see you building two at six. Right. So so it's called building. It's building seven, but there's no conveyor belts running out there. Okay. So that building gets cold as fuck. But it's probably hot as shit in the summertime. It's not as bad as you would think. Ooh. Like, when it's summertime, that's where I prefer to be. I guess that's fair, because the conveyor belts aren't running. Right. Oh. So it's not as bad. It's still warm, but I would much rather prefer being out there. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, like, there are times where I have to, like, go out there, and, like, when there's no work, they just, like, give us, like, a really big box, throw it on the back of the truck, say, all right, just go grab, like, trash and shit in the aisles. Yeah. I go out there. Like, I keep a hoodie in my locker. Yeah. Year-round. Because I've been there for a year now at this point. Um, I keep a hoodie in my locker just in case if I have to go out there and it's cold out and I didn't bring one. Now, of course, I wear one all the time when I'm, when I'm working because it's okay. But, um, yeah, I'm prepared now. It, get, like, it, gets, it gets that cold in there. Have you ever contemplated starting a fire in there to stay warm? Daily. <laughs> okay. I know you've never done it. I'm just asking if you contemplated it. Yeah, tr- I mean, trust me. There's there's a lot there's a lot of good tim- there's a lot of good like uh, fire starter to choose from. Um, Cardboard. There's pallets. Exactly. The exactly. books themselves. Exactly. Um, a lot of good fire starters. Yeah, that's fair. And I've even ma- I've even mapped out some spots of where I can start it at where nobody's gonna catch me. So interesting. Yeah, they'd find out eventually when they smell smoke. But uh, well, and when they listen to this, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> We've already incriminated you at this point. Right. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's like a thought that's gone into everybody's mind. Like, I'm, I'm cold. Let me just start a small fire here on my truck. Yeah, I mean, right. dude, we thought about it at Foot Locker. Bingo, exactly. 
start a small fire right there behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Just just warm up a little bit. Yeah. So um, that heat in there, that heat in Foot Locker was not great. No, the AC was good. A- AC cranked. Yeah. Heat didn't. Heat sucked. When it was cold in there, it was cold. Yeah. We, like, we legitimately had to, like, layer up. We were wearing, like, long sleeves underneath. Yeah. Like, legitimately had to layer up. Yeah. Like, when I moved to Columbia, I didn't even wear, I, I very, very rarely wore a shirt under my stripes. When yeah. I went to Columbia, it was, it was, it was warm in Columbia. Yeah. It was, when it was cold, when it was cold outside, it was cold in Foot Locker. Yes, it was. I'll tell you what else was cold. A damn commander's game for yeah. the tailgate. You know, uh, tailgate was tailgate was kind of rough, yeah. Um, but you know, on the whole, it wasn't. Um, when we got in the stadium, it really was not that bad. No, luckily, I mean, I, I mean we were it, we were down low enough. I mean, at that point, you're like around everybody. Everybody's like packed in, all that stuff. So, um, first time at FedEx Field, impressions. Um, Parking lot was nice, nice and big for tailgating. That was nice. That was my first time, like really, like uh, like tailgating, tailgating. Yeah. Like we've been to like the uh, Union Hall, the Union Hall. I was drawing a blank there uh, mm. quite a few times. Get some pretty cheap beer. It's very packed there, mm. uh, but it's always a good time. Um, fans from both sides end up there, um, and you know, like people are like picking and blah blah blah, whatever. But for the most part, everybody's having a good time. Everybody's cordial, and you know, everything's good there. Um, of course, it's all adults there. Yeah. So it's not bad. Um, but the parking lot was nice. It was nice to actually like tailgate and have that experience. Um, the field, like the the stadium itself, wasn't bad. Um, I could use a little more diversity on the food selection. Literally, all I saw was chicken guys. Well, that was literally the the concession stand right outside of our section. I looked left, I looked right, and all I saw was chicken guys. Well, yeah, that's all I saw. I don't know. Um, we did not, however, make it around to the uh, the Sean Taylor statue, which was statue. Which, yeah, it was. So it was unveiled that game. It wasn't really a statue. It's it was, it was like to, a phantom mannequin. It was to honor him. Yeah, yeah, to to honor Sean Taylor. Um, that game. I'm trying to f- see how long it has been. Uh, that game was actually the, oh man, I got to do math, the 15 year anniversary of his death. Did you know that people were actually up in arms on Twitter about, uh, because it was the old Reeboks jersey and it said Redskins on it. Some people were still pissy about it being, having Redskins on it and how that's insensitive. Well, he played for the Redskins. He did. He did play for the Redskins. Weirdly enough. I know that's shocking to people. Yep. He played for the Redskins, so they're going to honor him in his Redskins uniform. Yeah, he didn't play for the football team, nor did he play for the Commanders. No. Um, so people can build a bridge and get over it. That was you putting that very politely. I don't think I've ever heard you say something so polite. Look, I'm like I'm already fired. I'm already fired up to begin with. Yeah, you're ready to go. I am. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm already fired up to begin with about about a certain topic that we will get into. Um. So I'm being, I'm being, you keep, you're keeping a level head for now. I am. Um, but back, back to the topic of FedEx field, all in all, wasn't too bad. We were sitting, uh, in the end zone. Um, we were hoping that somebody would miss a kick. Cause like low key, we were in a position where we might've got a football. If someone missed a kick bad yeah. enough, like, yeah. and it wasn't like an unreasonably bad kick. Like we were like just left of the net. Yeah. So like we 
we could have got one potentially. I mean, they would have had to boot the fuck out of it. Like we were, we were what twenty rows deep, something like that. Probably further than that. Twenty-seven, I think, was our row number. Twenty-seven, yeah. So we were like twenty-seven rows deep. I mean, we we were we were back there, right? So like, only only difficult thing about that was the wind was blowing left to right that day. Yeah, yeah, that would have that would have that would have sucked. Um, all in all, wasn't a bad experience. It was a great time. Uh, we met up with Ty there. Yep. Shout out Ty. Yep. Shout uh, out Ty. Good to see him. Um, wasn't too thrilled about those people taking our seats. I mean, it is what it is. Um, I mean, I mean, we also stood there in the concourse for the entirety of the third quarter talking. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but they took our seats. I eventually was like, "God, you want me to go? You want me to go in the back? I'll go. I'll go do it." After I got yelled at by the lady who was like doing security, like it's the fourth quarter. Like, calm the fuck down. Like you saw us there before. We literally walked by you to leave. She was like saying like we weren't in seats or whatever, but like Timber and I were in the correct row and you were one row behind us. Right. Like literally in the only solo seat there. So it's not like we were like in the way. We were in the aisles. We were out of the way. We were good. I don't know what her issues was. I think she just had power. Doesn't typically get to use it. So she's like, ha this is my time. Right, right, right. And she did it. I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. I eventually just walked over. I was like, hey, uh, we're seats 15, 16, and 17. Uh, do you guys mind scooting down some? They scooted down. They were fine about it. But, yeah, I mean. See, the people that we had to scooch past, they got an attitude with it. I didn't give a shit what they had. I didn't care either because like, well, those are the tickets that we bought. Yeah. So I, re- I really didn't care if they got an attitude or not. But, but they, de- they definitely did. I, like, I, like, we all scooched in. And I heard that, I heard the dude. He's like, uh, okay. Like, homeboy. I just walked past you at halftime. Do you want me to pull up the tickets on my phone to show you that these right. seats are mine? Like, do, you, do, you, do you want me to show you that I paid for these seats? Like, it can be like this if it has to be like this. Right. I, 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 have, I have no problem doing it. It's okay, but calm the F down. For real. Right. Just scoot the fuck over. Right. I don't know. People get, like, people get, like, real territorial. They do. At games. I don't know why, because, like... They were like, so when we left, I was closest to them and like homegirl next to me, like legitimately like took over my seat. Like she like scooted over so much that she was like half in my seat. So then I was like half up on timber because right. I didn't have any room because she was up on me. And I'm like, uh, can you not? Like, I don't want you touching me. Random Jezebel get away. Um. Yeah, people get, like, weirdly territorial at games. And I, it, I mean, we're all there for, like, a common reason. Like, right. we're all, like, well, I think she was a Falcon fan, which maybe explains it. Um, but, like, we're there to cheer on the Commanders. Let's have a good time. Right. Like, I'm there to cheer on the Commanders. Maybe you're there to cheer on the Falcons. Well, I'll just have a good time. Right. You know? You cheer when your team does something good. I'll cheer when my team does something good. That's what it's going to be. Have a good time. Right. It'll be weird. I mean that's the whole that's the whole point of going to, of going to games like that. I mean we experienced it when we went to Morgantown. Yeah, we had homeboy behind us that was more worried about us than he was his team. Right. But even when I went so when I went to the Panthers game for the Ravens, um, when I pulled into the parking garage and I was standing there like getting my getting my shit adjusted so I could go walk to the stadium, stand in that cold ass weather. Yeah, that wasn't a great idea. But you know, <laughs> it, it is it is what it is at this point. Um. A car pulled up next to me, and a lady got out and met some dude who was already sitting there, and she was wearing a Panthers a Panthers jersey. 
Yeah. And I like said over to her, I'm like, hey, are you, are you from like are you from Charlotte? Is this your first time in a Ravens game? She's like, yeah, it is. I'm like, well, welcome, good luck. I'm like, like, I'm like, I'm like, you're gonna need it today. Like, like joking around and all that stuff. And I like, I like talked to them on my way to the Union Hall. They went, they went to, um, they went to Pickles. So like, I walked with them that way. That doesn't shock me because Pickles is like the big spot for like Orioles games. They probably do very well in Ravens games too. I'm sure if they check like the local guide or whatever, like what to do, like Pickles is probably like number fucking one. Right, right, yeah. Pickle, Pickles is definitely probably the place to be. I mean, the Union Hall. It's kind of like one of those things where if you know about it, you know about it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, like, like we're all there to do the same thing. That was, that was the point that I was getting back around to. Yeah. Um, we're, we're all there to do the same thing, cheer on our team, whether it's, whether we're cheering for the same team or whether we're cheering for different teams. Like, just don't be jackasses about it. Yeah. I've never understood it. Cause like, uh, I know Sarah and I had a conversation. She's like, uh, she's like, why are people like such big fans of sports and like go to games and everything like that? And I was like, literally like people from like all different walks of lives like you know what you got going on is different from what i got going on and what we got going on is different from what they got going on over there Mm -hmm. but we're all there with a common goal to cheer on our team i was like and it's like it's like a uniting factor yeah you know you know the the crazy thing is if you if you really want to break it down you know sports are like the common language it really is on the planet yeah um not so much like football but I mean, I mean, I mean, the big sport that's like, that's like that's like the common language is um is soccer. That uh, football? No, no, we're <laughs> we're American. We call it soccer. <laughs> I know. I'm just for all of our international fans. Yeah. Um. So I mean, like, we're all there for we're all there for a common goal to kind of forget about what's going on in our lives for a little while just to watch these two teams just give it their all. You know, the more you think about it, the act of going to watch somebody play a sport is kind of strange. It really is. Like, to watch grown adults. That are younger than us. That are, yeah, that, that now at this point, the, the majority of them are younger than us. Mm-hmm. Especially when we went to the Oklahoma game. I know, they I know, all, all of them were younger than us. Um... The thought of watching grown adults play games and paying to go see them play games. It's a it's a weird concept. It is a weird concept when you think about it in that regard. It's like have you ever thought about like uh like sports fans and like, you know, obviously like we're Ravens fans and there's Steelers fans and there's Bengals fans, there's Browns fans, blah blah blah, whatever, so on and so forth. They're all just like their own little cults. They really are, you know? They really are just like their own little cults. Yeah. Like like, j- like jokingly yet he- like not jokingly. Whenever you and I go to games together, we always say, "I'll ride for the city." You ain't from here, don't come here. You ain't from here, don't come here. So like, <laughs> like, like it's like it's fun to like talk like big and bad and all that stuff. Whenever you're going to games like that, I wouldn't do shit. It, it, I know it. it. Yeah, I like, I know damn well that I won't. I'm gonna talk. Like, I'm gonna talk with my chest puffed out, but it. it you got nothing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Um, but, you know, it's it, it's funny that you say that sports are kind of like a cult. They are. Because, like, if you, like, pay attention. So, I'm off during the day, so I have more of an opportunity to watch the World Cup than you do. Yeah. Okay. There are all these fans from different 
different countries, nationalities, and all and all that stuff. But all these fans that are here to see their own home country play a sport, they all chant in unison the entire game. Yep. It's always the same thing. Always the same chant. And when you see them in the crowd, like especially I watched the um I watched Spain and Japan play yesterday. Uh-huh. Japan ended up winning two to one, which was which was, that was huge. Uh, and that was a bit of a controversial game. It was, but it wasn't. Um, we're going to touch on the World Cup here here in just a minute. We've talked about soccer enough. I think that's where we'll end up. We'll end up starting. So we'll just go ahead and we'll just go ahead and get it popping. Well, and it's probably the most um, relevant. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? So why did you just whip a bottle cap across the room? My intrusive thoughts got the best of me. I respect it. All right, I can't um, be mad at that. But, I mean, after Japan beat Spain, there were literally Japanese fans in the stands crying after their team beat Spain. Because they made the World Cup. Well, because, because they qualified for the, for the knockout stage. Yeah. Which was huge. I mean, Spain, I mean, Spain, Germany, and Japan, that was arguably the best group. Like, the most competitive group. And even Costa Rica gave Germany a run for their money. Yeah. Well, Germany's not in it. Not anymore. Yeah, they got knocked out in the, in yeah, the, got, in the group got stage. Got knocked out thanks to Japan, but like seeing the reaction of those of those of the fans of the of the Japanese soccer team, you know, it really just it really kind of like sets things in perspective for you. Like, wow, this is how much people actually care about sports teams. You know? Yeah, I mean, well, there's people that like cry over NFL games and stuff too, like. But like that's the thing is like like our football like NFL football like that's what to to most of us that's what means something you yeah. know what I mean like yeah. um and like soccer is that way to other to other uh, countries around the world yeah do you know there's people that are actually coming for uh, the United States head coach's job they 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 want him gone I'm not surprised um even though we just made it out of the group stage and we're getting ready to play the Netherlands tomorrow. In the first round of the knockout stage, first first game of the knockout stage too. Yeah, they yeah. want his job. They want him gone. I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with it. In all honesty, I don't. I I don't think anything will happen. I think it was the sheer lack of goals that we scored in the in the first. Um, we scored first, two. We scored yeah. We scored two goals in three games. That's not great. But then again, you know this 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 United States team. You know it's very young. And relatively very, very inexperienced. The only player that was on the last World Cup team, which was in, we're in 2022 now. They didn't play in Russia. 18? 14. 14, yeah. I'm, well, I guess it would have been 18. Well, we didn't make 18. No, we didn't make 18. So 14 would have been the last one that we would have had a chance to make. I got to do research here. Give me a minute. Okay. But to to that credit, like... I don't know if it's really the head coach's fault that we only scored two goals. Like, how much of it is on the players? Right. The majority of it. I'd say the majority of it is. Like, soccer is such a fluid game. Ah, Brazil. That's where it was. Okay. That, that's, that's what I was trying to... In 14? Yes. Okay. Yep, the 2014 World Cup was in Brazil. 2010 was in South... Um, was in South Africa. 2018 was in Russia. So, yes. Okay. Now, okay. Now, now I'm caught up. But soccer is such a fluid game that it's really t- like you can prepare for it, right? And you can like you can watch tape and you can look at tendencies and how they move the ball and 
you know, everything like that and, um, you know, different tendencies of different players. But it's it's just such a fluid game. Yeah. Like, like with soccer, you literally, like, yeah, you can push the ball and you can create opportunities. But for the most part, it's all about patience and taking what the defense gives you and creating opportunities from that. That's just what from that's what I've gathered from watching the World Cup. I'm not a big soccer fan, and for any soccer fans that we have that listen to the uh, listen to the show, please absolutely correct me if I'm wrong. Like, teach me something. I'm yeah. here for it. Like, teach me something. But it, it like you can push and, and and create opportunities for yourself, but you're mostly just you're picking apart and you're waiting for your opportunity to strike. Not every game is gonna be like England beating Iran, right? Six to two. Six to two. Yeah. Or what was it? Uh, was it Spain beat Costa Rica seven, seven nothing. nothing? Yeah, you know, not every game is like that. Most soccer games are, are you know, they're literally most of them were decided by a goal or two. Yeah, um, and and that was something that um that Steph even asked me. She's like, she's like, why aren't like why aren't they higher scoring games? Why aren't they trying harder? I'm like, I'm like, well, you really got to take what the defense gives you and just kind of set up set up what's going on and then react. It's not like one of those things where you have to like press, 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 press all game long because and she's like, well why not make the why not make the game longer? Or why not do this? Why not do this? What in the world is that? Oh, somebody's getting the car towed. I have no idea. Are they actually someone getting their car towed? No, I don't know what it is. All right, as long as it's not my car and as long as it's not your car, I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know what I don't know what that is. I don't either. I'll have to inspect. You're you're at the window, not me. Well, I can't really see. It was like a truck backing into a spot, and then. Oh well. Yeah. Sorry for that person. Yeah. I don't think it's a tow truck though. Okay. Yeah. So. Anyway. Sorry, I had to burp. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, do you want to run down the, uh, the the matchups for the round of 16 that are coming up here? Um, yes, I can. Give me one. Minute. I know that the USA does play Netherlands tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I don't know what time. I want to say what o'clock. Nine. Nine a.m. Yeah. I might actually be up in time for that. I can't sleep past like eight. <clears throat> yeah, we do have the early game tomorrow. So tomorrow there's going to be two games. Ten a.m. I'm sorry. Coverage starts at nine. Um, the Netherlands versus the United States, then followed up with Argentina versus Australia. Australia was another team that was really surprising to make it out of the group stage. Um, They're probably going to get slaughtered by Argentina. They should, at least. Who knows? Should. Um, on Sunday, you have France and Poland and England and Senegal. Mm, let's see. Come on. Hurry up, dude. Are you good over there? Do you need me to look it up? It's just running slow right now. I don't know why. Gosh. Uh, Japan and Costa Rica on Monday. And then the late game is Brazil and the Korean Republic. Um, And then you have Morocco taking on Spain and Portugal and Switzerland. On Tuesday. On Tuesday. And then that will start the round of, the, the round of eight, the four, and then the final two. Yeah. Well, I think in in big news is Germany didn't make it. They're supposed to be. They were supposed to be like a powerhouse. I think they were supposed to be like a top four team. Uh, the number two team in the world, Belgium, did not make it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Belgium did not make it out of their own group. Um, 
I would like to point out that the United States are currently top 16 in the world. I don't, I don't care about all the other rankings. I don't care that Germany and Belgium didn't make it. And they're like ranked higher. They didn't make it. We did. We're better. Well, you know, according to a lot of people, I, I mean, I'm not very, I'm not as well versed in soccer as a lot of other people are. Uh, you're more well versed than I am. Well, that's true. But people are saying that Germany has been in the world, like, has been in the top five rankings for far too long. A lot of people think they're going to drop out of the top 10 now at this point just because they were so disappointing in play. Um, Belgium was really surprising to me. Um, Belgium has a lot of really, really good. Uh, players who are somewhat in their prime. I know. I I remember in 2014 watching Belgium plays the United States when Tim Howard broke that um broke the World Cup record for the most saves in a single in a single match. Tim Howard was a dog in the goal. That uh, that game was crazy. That dude was a dog. That game was absolutely crazy. I'm trying to see how many saves he actually had. I want to say. Um. I think he had. I want to say 15 saves. That's is, ridiculous. Yeah, which is just downright insane. Um, let's see, let's see. 99.99. 15 saves, yeah, against Belgium. He lost 2-1. to one. Lost 2-1 two, lost two to, to Belgium, who I want to say ended up coming in third in that World Cup that year. Good night. Yeah, 15 saves. Um, no, Belgium didn't even come in the top four. Anyway, not important. But yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's just insane. Well, I know what I will be trying to do tomorrow morning, and that's watching uh, the World Cup match. I would like to. Um, we'll see how we'll see how my schedule ends up working out. We'll see what time I get out of bed. I'm gonna try. Yeah, I'm de- I'm, de- I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna try. Um. Um. So yeah, very excited, very exciting to see if the world, if if the United States can go ahead and pull it off. Um, for those of you who have been keeping up with it, Christian Pulisic, uh, the best player for the for the United States, uh, he was the one who scored the game winning goal in the first half against um, Iran. He will be he will be playing. It's Iran. Iran. I'm sorry. I I know they gave Tyler Adams the captain a big big fucking deal about that too. Um, Which Tyler Adams body back his shit. He did, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, he scored. He did score the game winning goal. So, um, he will be playing uh, tomorrow. Sick. We need him. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yes, we definitely do. We need him. All right. Well, let's hop over to American football. Let's hop over to uh to our bread and butter here. Let's do it. We we think. We I'm should. with it. I'm All with right. it. Uh, Let's so, do it. So just a little update I'm on uh on how we did last week for the schedule predictions. How, what was it? Uh, seven and nine. We struggled. Correct. Yeah, we kind of sucked. Yeah, we struggled. Um, I mean there were there were some pretty big. I mean, at the time, they didn't really seem like they were going to be upsets when we made all of our schedule predictions. Uh, but in hindsight, um. Now, some of them are a little bit more predictable. Uh, for example, the Chiefs ended up beating the Rams last week. Well, earlier in the season, we had the Rams beating the Chiefs. We didn't know that the Rams were going to be so beat up and so terrible this season. Yeah. Um, 
We also uh, thought the Bears were going to beat the Jets. Um, Didn't expect the Jets to be as good as they are. We had the we had the Broncos beating the Panthers again. We didn't ex- we didn't know the Panth- the the Brown or Broncos were going to be this fucking bad. Same thing with the Buccaneers and the Browns. Um, we had another one that was like a real head scratcher when I looked at it too. I think that was it. Yeah, I think that was it. So, well, I mean, like I said, nobody expected the Jets to be this good. Nobody expected the Rams, the uh, the Broncos, and the Bucks to all be so terrible. No, like the Rams literally just won a Super Bowl. Right. The Bucks returned damn near their entire starting lineup. Yeah. And Denver, we said for the longest time, was just missing a quarterback. Well, they added a damn good quarterback. So we thought they're terrible. Yeah, they are. They are terrible. Um, you know, they're playing. They're playing like shit. Um, I mean, there was a video I saw of a. I, I want to say it's a defensive lineman. It was a defensive lineman. Like chewing out Russell Wilson big time, big time when he was going on to the field. There are rumors that Russell Wilson has now lost the locker room. Yeah, apparently Sierra threw a birthday party for him, and only half the team showed up. That means half the team didn't. Yeah, that's not good. No, it's not good, especially when they're tied down to him for so long. Yeah. Because, like, they could cut him or trade him. Like, sure, of course they could. They would eat so much dead cap. They would have to, They yeah. would be screwed for years, years. to come. Yeah. They, they they would they would be the laughing stock stock of the league for years. Oh yeah, they re- I mean I mean the unfortunate thing for the Broncos is they really do have no choice. The, I think the crazy part is is like the trade for Russell Wilson, not a bad trade, right? Because like you saw what he was, you kind of know what you're getting. You're like, okay, that's fair. I think it was the contract extension immediately without seeing him perform on your team. I think that's the bad move. I don't think that the trade for Russell Wilson is a terrible trade. I think the con- the immediate contract extension is the terrible move. Well, you know, you know, to to kind of to to put in my two cents about that, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you have to say, okay, well, Russ, look, if you agree to come here, this is what we have to offer. So it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, well. In, you're right. In hindsight, it, it like it's not a very good contract whatsoever. But then again, you know, you have to do something in order to attract him to come to the team. You know, I mean, I guess to an extent because I think he did have a no trade clause. Yeah. So he like the Seahawks were kind of at his mercy mm-hmm. about where he was going. Um. But then again, Denver was one of his preferred destinations. See, it and, was. And see, the thing is, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with extending Russell Wilson at all. I don't disagree with it. But it's the dollar amount that they, that they did it at. That's the part that's the big head scratcher to me. Well, and the thing, like Denver has weapons. They have Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. They have Albert O. It's not a terrible offensive line. They have a, a damn good defense. Clearly, their defense is the only reason they've won three games. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Sertan's playing like the best corner in football. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you're, exa- you're exactly right. Um, They had Bradley Chubb. They since traded him. Yeah. I th- I think he was on a walk after the season anyway. Uh, well, probably. Yeah. Um, he 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 wants a ring. He wants a chip. He wants a ring. I don't blame him. And right now, you're not gonna win it. You're not gonna win it if you're a Denver. No. Because because the, the fact of the matter is, 
things are not going to get better for Denver either. They're two years out from from uh, potentially winning another chip next season. To scratch, forget them. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, next season you're gonna have to bring in another fucking head coach. Yeah, and it's all damage control at that point. Yeah, you're gonna have to bring in another head coach. Then you're gonna have to reestablish chemistry in the locker room. Yep. That's You're, a broken locker room. It is a very broken locker room. I, uh, genuinely, I think you could see them benching Russell Wilson here soon. To start who? It doesn't matter. I, I'm just asking. Yeah, I mean, I, I really couldn't tell you who the backup quarterback is. I'm, I'm going to figure it out for you right now. But, you know, it, it's, it gets to a point where you have to think to yourself, okay, well. I think Josh Johnson's on their practice squad. Well, there you go. He filled in for us once, and he worked out pretty well. He threw for 300 yards that game. Yes, he did. We may have gotten waxed. Brett Ripien. Ugh. But then again, you know, you have to do something in order to... Oh, yeah. I mean, anything. At, at this point, legitimately. Yeah. You... Zach Wilson. It's better. It's, it was playing better football than Russell Wilson. I actually don't know if that's true. Carson, Carson Wentz still has more touchdown passes then Russell Wilson, and he hasn't played in six weeks. That's the, dude. There's gonna be so many uh like decent quarterbacks in free agency this year. Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson. Lamar's not gonna be a free agent. It, hey, hey, hey! He's set to become a free agent. Okay, I'm just saying. There's actually there like honestly for free agency like. Quarterback's not, it's not hateful. A lot of good bridge quarterbacks here with Carson Wentz, uh, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold. They're all bridge quarterbacks at best. One of them is a bridge quarterback. The other, the other, the other two, you're, if you're bringing them on, you're fully anticipating having a bad year. Exactly. To then draft a good quarterback. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a sh- that's a poorly made bridge. <laughs> I didn't say they were great bridges. <laughs> I'm just saying they're bridges. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I Russell Wilson sucks. I regret drafting him in fantasy football, and I drafted him in almost every league because I was like, I had expectations. I was like, okay, Russell Wilson was out here getting it done with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and no damn offensive line. Yeah. Now they give him a little bit of an offensive line. You ask me, I mean, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are no slouches. Mm-mm. Like, the talent that he had in, in wide receiver is no worse than what he had in Seattle. You downgrade as far as going from DK to Cortland Sutton. You I agree. D- you, you downgrade as far as that is in that regard. Um, but you know, with what he's capable of doing at his best, you upgrade from Jerry Judy to Tyler Lockett. I agree. Like it's it, it's not like it's not like he's down. He's really downgrading total. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Like the the like there are no slouches. And just the total talent around him is much higher in Denver than Seattle. It, yes, I agree. Yeah, I, d- I definitely do agree. But Nathaniel Hackett has shown that he is a coordinator and only a coordinator, which is okay. That's you know what? That's some people. We've that's disc- all we, you can be, and we we discussed that. Yeah, yeah. like if if you're a coordinator in the NFL, congratulations, you're doing a hell of a lot better than I am. Yeah, and you know you're you never really find out if you're only meant to be a coordinator in the NFL until you're actually given full reign. Got to take the leap. You ha- you have to take the leap. You have to take the lead of a team in order to in order to say, okay, look. I'm either really, really good at this, I learn from the best in order to do this, uh-huh. or I'm just not cut for this. Yeah. And that's okay. He's not cut for it. He, he's, just, he's just not cut for it. 
Not and, everybody should be in a in a uh, in a leadership position. No, it's not for everybody. No, see, if if, if everybody was a leader in this world, nothing would ever get accomplished. You have to have followers in order to balance out the status quo. Yep. Nathaniel that, Hackett is a follower. There's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. When he, when he, he was an offensive coordinator, wasn't he? For the Packers. Yep. Uh, well. Well, I know, right? Like, he had, uh, he had Matt LaFleur as his head coach. He had Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. Right. Now, like, now it literally leads to, like, well, what the fuck did he actually do over there? Right. Exactly. You think to yourself, okay, well, he did so good when he was there, but I don't think he was the play caller. No, Matt LaFleur is. Matt LaFleur is the play caller. So what did he actually do? <laughs> he was like he was like the front desk at like Planet Fitness where he just said hi to Aaron Rodgers every morning. That was it. Hey, how you doing? Good. Enjoy your workout. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That was the interaction. That was it. That was what Nathaniel Hackett did in Green Hey, Aaron, Bay. how are you? Good. All right, play good today. <laughs> <laughs> literally, that had to have been it. Yeah, 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 that... that... <laughs> That was literally the extent of the conversation between the two of them. He got uh he got Matt LaFleur hot chocolate. <laughs> he probably did, in all honesty. <laughs> uh, he probably did. Um let's see, is there anything else that happened last last week that probably shouldn't have happened? <laughs> the Ravens losing. Besides that, I'm gonna get into that in a minute. Alright. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just kinda I'm just kinda going running down the list. You know what did happen that shouldn't have happened? You went two for two on your money line and spread. Who would have fucking thought, man? <laughs> Not me. I, I know. I know. Who, who would have thought? So so in order to recap, we had to go back and listen to last week's episode in order to figure out just exactly what I said. But I had Miami minus 14 against Houston. Which is wild because you doubled down on that. You were like, all right, I, fuck, I didn't get it last week. But I'm going to get it this I'm week. I'm going to double down on it this week. Yep, I'm going to get it this week. and I Freaking hit. And I hit, yeah, my, yeah. Miami ended up beating Houston thirty to fifteen. They waxed them. It wasn't close. It, the the score was closer than than it, than it should have been. Um, yeah, because at one point I think Miami was up like thirty to nothing, and we had the teaser where like we literally we just needed Houston not to lose by yeah. like twenty eight or more points, and it, it was like thirty to nothing. We're like, dude, are they really gonna fuck this that bad? I know, like, I know. really. Who was it that fucked it? Someone fucked it. I don't know. I forget who. Someone uh, fucked it. They shouldn't have. It was in the it was in the one o'clock slate too. I gotta check it right now. Who was it? Um, I don't even know at this point, honestly. It was Denver. No, it wasn't. No, it was Chicago. It was Chicago. Chicago fucked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah they did. Yeah, Chicago was Chicago was the one that fucked they it. They lost by twenty one to the they Jets. They did. And I had him. I had. You know what I had him at? Probably eighteen and a half. Nineteen and a half. Jesus. They fucked me by two points. Uh, otherwise, I hit. Yeah, you were good. Uh, uh, otherwise, everything else hit. Wow. Yeah. That's tragic. Yeah, I was very disappointed about that. Um, but my, my other pick that I did get right, you know, a team that we were just talking about, um, I had Denver losing to Carolina. And they did. They two, managed to screw that one, too. Two for two, homie. That's your first week going two for two. It I'm is. proud of you. It is. I've had, I've had more weeks going over two than I have going than I have weeks going one for one. That's... That's factual. Yeah, and now here we go. And now here we are. I'm I went two and zero last week. I'm gonna try and do it again this week. Um, you know, before I before I get all high and mighty on my picks, how did you do with yours? What are we looking like this week? Uh, so last week I went over two. We flip flop. Oh man, look at that. Yeah, we flip flop. You uh, idiot. Yeah, the the Bears were the only team that fucked me too. Yep. For oh, uh, you, you just you just checked on your Fandle. 
I had them plus 20. Oh no! They lost by twenty-one. That's that's bad. That's tragic. Uh, I had the Bucks minus three and a half against the Browns. Uh, the Browns ended up winning an OT. Um, like I said, that was a game that I really thought like Tom Brady was like gonna like right the ship. Yeah, yeah. Like that was that was kind of I guess I guess a bit of a trap game for the Bucks. I guess. Yeah. Um, and then I also had the Titans as the home underdog at plus one eighteen because, like I said. Jamar Chase was out and Joe Mixon was out. Yep. Two of their like two of their top four offensive pieces, you know, T. Higgins and Joe Burrow, the quarterback being the other two. They're missing half their top offensive pieces. I was like, okay, well, the Titans at home, like gritty physical team. I was like, this is this kind of seems like a game that they could pull out. They didn't. They screwed that one up. Also, while we're talking about the Bucks and, and you know, and the Browns and everything, can I just say that I feel incredibly bad for Jacoby Brissett. Because my man is putting his heart and soul into that roster this season. Granted, they're only 4-7, and seven, but my man is playing his ass off week in, week out for them. Hasn't been too terrible, all things considering. I mean, for expectations of Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. And the fact that their only wide receiver is Amari Cooper. Just to lose his job to Deshaun Watson, who can't fucking keep his hands to himself. I really feel bad for Jacoby Brissett. But, you know, you, you had to have known that this was eventually coming. I mean, yeah, everybody knew. Everybody knew it was coming. I still feel for him. Yeah. I mean, you're paying too much money to Deshaun Watson to justify not playing him. I mean, realistically, they're not this year. We've already talked about this, but on the whole. On the whole. On the whole, you're paying him way too much damn money in order for this to be worth it. I also saw a video of uh, him at practice overthrowing a receiver. He didn't look good in the preseason. No, he did not. Um, I'm not insinuating that that Deshaun Watson is going to shit the bed. I would love it if he does. Oh yeah, I want to see him play just as bad as uh, Russell Wilson, if not worse. Yeah, I would. I would genuinely love to see him just absolutely shit the bed. Um, I don't know if he will. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um. But yeah, Deshaun Watson will be back this week. Um, I could care less in all honesty. True. Um, but yeah, picks this week. How are we looking? What we got? Uh, so for this week, for the spread at minus one ten, going into Atlanta, I'm taking the Steelers minus one. Really? Okay. Falcons lost Kyle Pitts for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. He's done. Um. They're they have a they're real run dominant like that's all they do is run the ball we saw it live yeah. firsthand. Granted, it wasn't the greatest weather in in mm. Washington for them, um, but the Steelers do have a really good run defense. T.J. Watt is an absolute unit. He pisses me off as a Ravens fan because he like like that dude knows how to get after a quarterback. He's very like, he knows how to get into the backfield. He's very talented. He's very very talented. He's he very knows talented. how to get into the backfield consistently. It drives me insane. Yeah. So, and he's athletic enough to run down Marcus Mariota. Yeah. That dude can boogie. Uh, so I like the Steelers minus one in Atlanta at minus 110. And then uh, for the money line, it kind of shocks me that the odds were so close on this one. But I'm taking the Vikings at minus 154 against the Jets. Hmm. Like the fact that uh, the fact that the Vikings are only minus 154 uh, was really enticing to me. Okay. 
because um, the Jets are plus 132. It's only a three-point spread difference. That is surprising. And th- Minnesota's home for that game. You know, I think it has something to do in, in part with just how dominant the uh, the Jets' defense has been this year. Yeah, and I mean, they, I do think that they're planning on continuing to bench Zach Wilson. So he's, I think he's at least done for the year. I think. I, I like I said last episode. I think he's. I think he's done in New York. Personally, I think that's looking more and more like it because the way that Mike White showed out in his first start of his NFL career, um, like Robert Sala said, he made the easy look easy. Right. That's what you need. You need a quarterback that makes the easy look easy. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. Um, you know, that that is a little surprising that it is only a three and a half point spread. <clears throat> no, it's, it's three. Three. Three and a half. Three. I'm sorry. Yeah. Considering the fact that they are, that they are at home, um, it, that is, that is pretty surprising. Um, I think the Vikings are head and shoulders above the, what the Jets are. I think they're more of a complete team than the Jets. I think I think the Vikings are the third best team in the league behind the Chiefs and the Eagles. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. I got the Vikings power rank number three in my power rankings. I don't even have power rankings. I just made that up. Do you, you have them ahead of the Bills? Are the Bills fourth for you? Uh, Would you say the fourth team in the NFL? I don't know. That's one thing we got to do one of these days. We should. We got to sit down and like make make a whole power ranking and then go from there. Maybe next week we can. We'll do it after the games. We'll post it. All right. Be on the lookout for that. Just be on the work. Be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for that. Yeah, we can do it. I mean, <sighs> okay. So you're taking Steelers minus one. Yes. Against Atlanta. Yes. And you're taking who again? Vikings against the Jets. Vikings against the Jets. All right. So for my uh, for my spread this week, I am again going to go with. Here's a reoccurring theme for me. Oh heavens! Not the double digit. Not not the double digit favorite. I'm gonna go with a home underdog. Okay. Currently sitting at minus one fifteen, I'm gonna take the Falcons plus one. Really? I am. Yeah. I, okay. I, you know, I think um, you know, the Falcons have a, do a really good job of being able to control the ball mm-hmm. with 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 running it. And you know, Kenny Pickett is um, he's had a lot. He's had a lot more downs than he has had ups this year. I think the downs are gonna start to conti- are gonna continue this week. Because, um, you know that Falcon secondary is pretty darn good with uh, with AJ Terrell especially. Yeah, he's he's a damn good corner. I think they're gonna have a lot of trouble trying to throw the ball, and without having Najee Harris, I think they're gonna have trouble running the ball too. Here comes the Anthony McFarland show from Maryland. Uh, I don't think he's on the team anymore. He's there. I it would be Benny Snell. McFarland's on the team. I think he got a carry last week. Did he? Or on the Monday night game? Huh. I think, yeah. They played on Monday night against the Colts. I mean, I think it will be the Benny Snell show. That'd be sick. Um, Don't they have that rookie that's doing pretty well for him, too? I'm I'm drawing a blank on his name. I'm trying to pull it up. They they do have a rookie who's playing playing pretty well. Uh, An undrafted undrafted cat. Um... But I think I think this is going to be a game where the Falcons are going to be able to control the clock. Jalen Warren. That's it, Jalen Warren. Um, and I think um, you know I, I think the Falcons are going to take care of business, business, especially at home. Anthony McFarlane has played in one game. He's had six carries for thirty yards. He's averaging five yards a carry. Not bad. So was Jalen Warren. Hmm. 
Najee Harris is averaging three point seven. But I will I will say this. I don't know who they play. I'm pulling it up now just so I can speak on it. Um, who's this? I'm kind of going with a hot hand for my uh, for my money line. Um, I think Jacksonville Jaguars are going to go into Ford Field and take care of business against the Lions. I had a feeling you were going to say that. You know, this is this is eventually going to lead us into our next topic. Yes, it is. This this genuinely this wasn't why I did it. You know, the Jaguars have always been that team. I think I've said it on multiple occasions where Trevor Lawrence is close. When when Trevor Lawrence gets into his bag, they're a tough team to beat. They really are. They really are. And you know that 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 was that just goes to show what happened last week against the Ravens. Tr- Trevor Lawrence was in his bag. You know he was make he was making he was making the the easy look easy, and he was making hard throws look easy. Yeah, he was doing what that number one pick label does. Yep, that's why he was this highly rated prospect coming out of coming out of high school in Georgia. This is why he won two national t- or a national title. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this is why he won a national title when he was in Clemson. Mm-hmm. This is why he was the number one pick for Jacksonville. Okay. Okay. And I think that's going to continue against the against the Lions defense, who is playing better, but still does have a lot of weaknesses to it. And I think with the with the confidence that they have beating the Ravens last week, I think that'll continue into this coming game. Travis Etienne will be back. So they will they don't have to rely on Jamichael Hasty in order to run the ball against this Lions defense. And I think they're going to go ahead and take care of business. I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game because neither team can play defense with a lick. Did I see it right? The over/under I think it's like 50, 50 and a half, fifty-one, something like that. I don't know. I think it's I think it's really it's high. It's pretty high it's for an, high NFL, for an game. NFL game. Uh, fifty-one and a half. There you go. It, that's that's high for an NFL <clears> game. <throat> to put that in perspective, LSU and Georgia's over/under is fifty-two. That's that's a twenty-six to twenty-six tie. <laughs> 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 Co SEC champion. <laughs> Co SEC champion. Um, so yeah, those are my picks this week. Um, all right, the sh- the floor is yours. So again, it, like like I said, the whole Jacksonville thing that kind of does lead me into my next topic of conversation. You know, the Ravens blew, not necessarily blew a lead in the fourth quarter because the fourth quarter was back and forth. They did, but they didn't. They had the lead. And they uh, they had the lead. Jacksonville drove down the field and they lost. If so facto, they blew the lead. It was a it was a two possession lead. They were up nine. Yes, um, the Ravens were up nine. Jacksonville go, goes ahead and scores. We run the kickoff out to the six. After that, fumble the ball. The next play, they score a field goal to go up one. We get called for holding, and then we drop a pass. Then Deshaun Jackson catches the big pass. Um, so that's four, that's four disastrous plays in a row for the Ravens, which is not a good sign. Um, Ravens ended up losing the game by one on a um, two-point conversion, and then a missed 67-yard field goal by Justin Tucker. I'm sure some people were actually upset that he missed that. 
I mean, <laughs> I understand why people are. I do. Because it's like one of those things where it's like, see, this is the thing. This 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 before I go I go off on my rant. Here's like another little tangent, kind of a rant that I go on. We are so overly reliant oh, on we're Justin spoiled. Tucker. We are so spoiled we're by so Justin spoiled. Tucker. We really are. Like he he has won so many damn games for us that it's not even funny. That we expect him to kick the ball literally over half the fucking field. Not, not and even, make it. Not not even the playing surface. The total distance of the field is 120 yards he kicked it 67 of them he really kicked it like 64 yeah he was he was like two or three yards short but the fact that we expected him to make that field goal i'm not gonna lie i expected it was not i was disappointed that he missed it maybe maybe expected it was the right thing was is the wrong thing to say but it would not have shocked me if he did it, you and I were in the backseat of, of Tyler's truck riding back from the Commanders game. Yeah. You turned on the game just to see if he would make it. Yep. So that way we can at least see it live. I mean, we heard it on the radio. We knew he missed, but I was like, okay, I want to kind of see how close this is. Exactly. Exactly. And from 67 yards out, so there's so many things that go into play with that. You have to kick the ball hard enough, and you have to kick it accurate, accurate enough. Does Can Justin Tucker drive the ball 67 yards downfield without a fucking doubt? Oh, yeah. Without a doubt in my mind. But the problem is, is being accurate with it. He was low key accurate. That well, was good. If that he, was that was that was on a frozen rope. Man. If he had the leg, that was good. But there's so many other aspects to it. Like you see him do it in, in warm up. Like they kick 65, 70 yard field goals in warm up. No problem. But it's sitting on a little tee. There's nobody rushing. There's no other components to it. It's literally just sitting there, wait for them to kick the piss out of it. Exactly. But then you get into the game where there's the snap, there's the hold, there's people rushing at you. You have to get a certain trajectory to get it up over the line because hands are coming up. Because, like, let's be honest, legitimately, no one's trying to block that kick by getting pressure. They're just trying to get their hands up because they know that uh, Justin Tucker has to drive the ball so far forward that he can't get the loft on it to get it up over. He has to kick it on a piss missile, on a frozen rope yes. to get it there. So hands are just going up. So there's a lot of other like moving pieces that go into it when you're kicking in game. Right, and nobody nobody's going to try and rush it off the edge because the off chance that you do happen to hit Justin Tucker and move it up five yards, he can bang a 61-yarder no problem. Oh, yeah, 61-62? Six, yeah, that's game. Which, again, that's why we're spoiled by Justin Tucker. He's kicking over half of the length of the field. Exactly, exactly. That, and the expectation is he's going to make it. Right, right. Which I, I love Justin Tucker. I do too. We've, <laughs> we've seen him do it before. Of course the expectation is there that he's going to do it. But the thing that I'm really going toward is after the game, um, you know, of course there was a lot of disappointment surrounding the game. You know, of course you and I were at the Commanders in the Falcons game. We didn't get to watch the game. Um, I saw like highlights here and there, but I only saw the good of what we did because I saw it on the Ravens website. Um, and I saw the Zane Jones touchdown, which was bullshit. That right tackle was not set. The right tackle wasn't set. He didn't get in the. I mean, you could you could call it either way that he was in the end zone, but the right tackle wasn't set. They should have been. They should have pushed it back five yards and then replayed it down. But that is what it is. The game's over at this point. Ravens lost twenty eight twenty seven. I'm just gonna go ahead and say this now. Okay. I already talked to you about this. You're you're in agreement with me. I I at least I would like to say you are to a certain extent. Maybe to a full extent. I don't know. Your your opinion is your opinion. My opinion is my opinion. My opinion is do not talk to me if you're going to slander Lamar Jackson. Okay. 
the, so the fact that people are the the fact that people are dragging his name through the mud, blaming this game on him, really blaming the whole season on him. People are saying, "Oh, he, we shouldn't sign him. We should just let him walk. He doesn't deserve this big ass fucking contract." Are you kidding me? Do you know how shitty this team would be if we did not have Lamar Jackson? It's facts. The, like we would be so abysmal if we did not have Lamar Jackson. And see, you know, we we've had we've had to deal with borderline elite and border and borderline mediocre play quarterback before with Joe Flacco. Yeah, that was an any given Sunday kind of thing with him. Right. And and you know, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like it's like maddening, but then again, like on when when he's on, you know, it's like okay, we're we're fine. That now. Super Bowl run, 11 touchdowns, no picks, good night. Right. Right. We're okay. But see, the thing is with Lamar Jackson, he's always on. But the thing is, people expect him to be MVP Lamar Jackson. Which he still is, but now people are doing people are doing things differently to to try and counteract what Lamar Jackson is doing. This Sunday he he threw for 254 yards and a touch and one touchdown, ran it for ran it 14 times for another 89 yards. He completed 50% of his passes. That's not a very good number. Yeah. I'll be the first one, I'll be the first one to say it. Yeah, that statistic's not acceptable. Yeah, th- that that statistic I'm not very happy about, but you know, it is what it is. Some of them were drop passes. Yes, exactly. Some some of them were drop passes. That of course does count against Lamar Jackson because he threw the pass. The pass is incomplete. It's like those weird statistics where the ball like hits off the receiver's hands and like gets like intercepted. It's an interception for Lamar, but it's <sighs> it's not really Lamar's right. interception. It's, it's, it's not really Lamar's fault, but it was an interception. That's every quarterback. Exactly. But the fact that people are insinuating that Lamar Jackson does not deserve a big deal, or we should just let him walk, or anything like that. If 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 one of our listeners, I'm going to be very blunt. If one of our listeners are one are one of the people that are saying that, you're fucking stupid. Wow, got after it. You are, I mean, I mean, legitimately, you are because if you think that we're going to let somebody this talented walk in free agency, first of all, you're fucking dumb. Okay. Second of all, there's going to be a team that doesn't even need a quarterback that's going to cut theirs to sign Lamar and then win a fucking Super Bowl. You're not wrong. Because he can, he can literally do everything. You need, him to run, you need him to run for 1,000 yards, he can do it. You need him to lead the league of touchdown passes, he can do it. His, his numbers continue to improve each and every year. Does he have some problems completing, completing the ball to the open, open man? Yes. Does he have some accuracy issues? Yes. But then again, when he was coming out of Louisville, that wasn't his high mark. You knew what you were buying into when you bought that, when you bought that, uh, that stock. Exactly. Exactly. You should have known when you bought the car, you may have the problems that it misfires from time to time. You know it. Like, like when it's hitting, trust me, you're, you're the baddest bitch in the lot. Well, like, let me also say that like two of the losses, Miami and Jacksonville, Miami Lamar, like he was twenty one of twenty nine for three hundred and eighteen yards and three touchdowns. That's just passing. He ran for another hundred and, th- and ran for another touchdown. Yeah. So in that game, he completed seventy two point four percent of his passes for three hundred and eighteen yards and three touchdowns. That's not Lamar's fault. No. 
And then you look at Jacksonville, 16 of 32 for 50% uh, completion for 254 yards and one touchdown. Granted, we already said that 50% completion mark. That's not very, that, that's not that's not good. Not great. It's, yeah, that's oh, I like that sucks. Right. <laughs> I, like I'm I'm the first one saying don't slander, don't slander the name of Lamar Jackson. But 50 50%, 50% completion that's unacceptable. It I is unacceptable. That. Yeah. But those were two losses. Those were two of Lamar Jackson's two highest yards passing in a game. Then you also look at the loss against the Giants. 17 of 32 for 53% completion. Once again, unacceptable. 53%, not good. 210 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Now, I'll be honest, I think you can blame that loss on Lamar Jackson. And we talked about this earlier today, and I agree with you, because he did, he did have that bonehead interception, and then he fumbled the ball late when Kevon Thibodeau got it from behind. Yes. So those, those, those are two opportunities that we had to go down and score that were squandered. And then the other loss of the season was against the Buffalo Bills. 20 of 29 for 69% completion. That's good. The downside of that is he only had 144 yards passing. He did have a touchdown, but he did have two picks. Yeah. Now, I remember one of the interceptions. I don't remember the second one. I remember his one interception was in the end zone for a touchback towards yeah. at the end of the game. Like like legitimately, the Ravens should have kicked that field goal. Hindsight being twenty twenty, the Ravens should have kicked that field goal, taken the points. Mm-hmm. That's that's the smart move because I think at that point, if we make that field goal, we kick the ball back off to the Bills. A field goal from the Bills ties the game, but a touchdown wins. Regardless, Lamar throws the ball errantly into the end zone. It gets intercepted. They get the ball back out at the 20. We come away with no points. And then all the Bills have to do is get into field goal range and kick a field goal to win. And that's it. Which is exactly what they did. Yeah. So I'm going to be honest. I do kind of put that loss on Lamar Jackson as well because that was the one thing that he could not have done in that situation. Because we had the ball at the two-yard line. We go for it on fourth down. So if he just throws the ball away, like legitimately, just throw the ball away, it's a turnover on downs. And that sucks because we don't walk away with points. But we have them pinned at the two-yard line. Right. You give the you put the defense in a much more advantageous reason, uh, situation. Right. Potential of a safety, which yeah. at that point, the game's over. You get yeah. that safety, you get the two points, you take the lead, um, and then you get the ball back and you can drain the clock down. At that point, you're, you're, you're damn near guaranteed a win. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson did the one and only thing he could not have done in that situation, and that's throw that interception. So I do kind of put that loss on him. So by that metric, the Ravens are 9-2 and two based off of Lamar Jackson alone because I don't put the Jacksonville and Miami game on him. Those aren't his losses. The no. Giants and the Buffalo Bills, I do kind of put on him. More so the Giants in the Buffalo game, but I put those two losses on him. So they should be nine and two based off Lamar Jackson alone. Well, let's not com- let's not forget the complete collapse by the fucking defense on the Miami game, giving up twenty eight points in the fourth quarter. That's unacceptable. That's inexcusable. So the Ravens should be ten and one. Well, I mean to be honest, defense kind of blew it against Jacksonville too. But I will say, <clears throat> to some degree. It is the offense's fault in those two games because the offense is not scoring points in the fourth quarter. Like, we're just not. We're not scoring points in the fourth quarter. But then let me also break it down by wins and losses to you. 
Lamar Jackson in wins is completing 63% of his passes for 1,305 yards. That's only 186 yards a game for 11 passing touchdowns and four interceptions. Now in losses, Lamar Jackson is completing 60.7% of his passes for 926 yards. That's 231 yards a game for six touchdowns and three interceptions. So weirdly enough, when we lose, Lamar plays better. His statistics are better in losses versus wins. But once again, when we talk about the Dolphins game, I think that game does kind of skew it because that was just a phenomenal game from Lamar Jackson. That was not his fault at, at all. That was that that was a phenomenal game, period. <laughs> it was it was a great game. I think it won uh game of the year for the first half of the season. Yeah. So but yeah, the Lamar Jackson slander is kind of is kind of wild to me. Yeah, you know, it like it's it's nuts that people are going to slander the the quarterback who's really doing everything for us. We saw Tyler Huntley as the star starting quarterback for the team last season. Granted, I will give Tyler Huntley some uh some leeway. <clears throat> he did not have he did not have a first team out there. I no. mean, we we were we were putting together uh we were putting together grocery store and Jiffy Lube men out there on the field. Oh yeah, like we had we had backups on backups on backups out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it it, it wasn't it wasn't good at all. But the thing is, is like 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 the Lamar Jackson slander. Okay, you want to get rid of him? You're not a fan. You think the Lamar Jackson experiment ha- is over? It didn't work. Okay, so what what are your options? What, like, what do you do? Right, right. You you think it's over? And you want to move on from it. So what do you do? You just let him walk in free agency and get nothing in return? Stupid. That's stupid. Yeah. Do you franchise tag him? Do you do you tag and trade? Potentially. But what do you get for Lamar Jackson? You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> you, you <clears throat> of the of the quarterbacks in the league that are tradable, right? So that excludes Justin Herbert. That excludes Patrick Mahomes. That exclu- excludes Josh Allen. Uh, I believe that excludes um, Joe, Burrow. Joe Burrow as well. I think outside of that, I'd, 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 I'll go on a limb. Jalen Hurts also. And Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that'll exclude Jalen Hurts too. And probably Trevor Lawrence. Yes. I think outside of that, hey, Ziggy, what's up, buddy? Welcome. Hi, bud. Um, outside of them, uh, anybody's, up for, anybody's up for game. He's a menace. He just walked in. Like, looked at both of us, turned around, left, shook his head, and, and he's just standing in the hallway. I just want to make sure we were good. That's a good dog. It's a good guy. ZZ, good boy. Outside of those, uh, those couple of uh, quarterbacks named, anybody's up for, 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 uh, for grabs there. Yeah. So let's just, let's just kind of run it down. On the Jets, is there anybody from the Jets at quarterback you would take? No. No. Not a shot in the world. Is there anybody from the Dolphins you would take? Uh, depending on what else they give me, you could talk me into Tua. You would you would give up Lamar Jackson for for Tua and and what else? And that that that's the whole that's the whole thing. You know, it's what what else what else would teams be willing to give up in, in order to get in order to get Lamar Jackson? Because right now at this point, Miami doesn't have a first round pick this year whatsoever. So of course that's not going to work. Um, and then if you trade him to Miami, that's already a playoff team to begin with. 
if you trade Lamar Jackson to, Miami, to the Miami Dolphins, they're going to win a fucking Super Bowl. Legitimately, you would have to give me Jalen Model or Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah. You, you would have to. You, you would. Um, like, what else do they have to offer? What are you going to give me, Xavier Howard? I don't want him. I don't want his dog. Hey, give me Byron Jones? I don't want him. No, that that that's that's too much money because you know at this point, if the Ravens ha- if the Ravens do make what I think is the biggest would be the worst move in NFL history, of getting rid of Lamar Jackson, um, you know they they'd be going into a full on rebuild. Yeah, like no 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 question about it. So at that point, if you take on Xavier Howard or Byron Jones, having more secondary depth that is always a good thing for the Ravens. Yeah, you know we're never gonna bitch about something like that, but. Um, their their cap number is so high that it wouldn't really benefit us. Yeah, and then what are you gonna you're gonna take Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi from the Patriots? No, no, I'm good. Nope, I'm good. So you're there. not gonna trade Lamar Jackson in division. That's just stupid. That's yeah. not gonna happen. So count out the entire AFC yeah. North, AFC South. Do you? Houston gives me nothing to offer. Neither does the Colts. I don't want Ryan Tannehill. I'm not gonna trade him anywhere in the West. Look over the NFC. Look over the NFC. Uh, I think Dak Prescott's the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. You were high on him at the beginning of the season. Uh, and, uh, to see how to see how things have flipped now, <clears throat> to see his, to see how his play has gone this season, Dallas should be a much better team than what they are. I'm not going to disagree and with I you. I think Dak Prescott is holding them back. At the beginning of the season, yes, I was higher on Dak Prescott. To see how things have progressed, now he has definitely dropped further down on my list. Get C.D. Lamb out of there. Free CD Lamb. Free CD Lamb. I'm um, starting in here. The Giants. You're not going to give me Daniel Jones. The team's already too good enough to begin with. I'm not going to get a high first-round draft pick. We're so. going to bring back Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, <laughs> Again, Philadelphia's not going to trade Jalen Hurts. Nope. Uh, the Commanders, they have nothing to offer either. No. Um, Justin Fields is a Lamar Jackson that can't throw. Um, He's getting there, but he can't throw. That offensive that offensive line's abysmal. He's Lamar Jackson without confidence. Throwing confidence. Yeah. He can run the hell out of the ball. That 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 kid that plays quarterback for uh for Chicago, he can run the hell out I of the ball. I will say Lamar does have some like throwing arrogance to him. Like he'll see Mark Andrews in double or triple coverage and be like, I can do that. I can make that. I know. Then guess what? He typically doesn't make it. <laughs> But when he does, people are like, holy shit, did yeah. you see that? Yeah, but he does have some throwing arrogance to him, so I, w- I will say that. Detroit, I don't want Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff's very overrated, too. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay, um, you're not going to convince me of anybody there. Uh, Kirk Cousins, no thanks. Uh, Atlanta, I, I don't want Desmond Ritter or Marcus Mariota. Uh, Carolina, I don't think they, they know who the fuck's going to play quarterback for them. It's, it's a week-to-week basis. Yeah. Uh, the Saints, nope. Um, Buccaneers, nah. Uh, I don't want Kyler Murray. The Rams have nothing else to trade. Um, Trey Lance, no. Gina Smith, no. That's everyone. That's what I'm saying. The point is, you're not, you're not, the, all the quarterbacks that you would trade him for that are in the, the that are in the same caliber of Lamar Jackson are not tradable no like no team is giving them up so then what are your options exactly do you trade do you tag him in the offseason do you trade him for a top three pick in the draft and maybe you walk away with Bryce Young maybe you walk away with CJ Stroud then you got a rookie quarterback that you're now trying to develop and give him his confidence right with the like granted both of them are a little bit better throw of the football than Lamar Jackson but a similar skill set well let me tell you they're gonna run the same offense 
that offense is going to have the same fucking problems with C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young yeah. that they do with Lamar Jackson. Why? Because Greg frickin' Roman. End he the, is the problem. End of the day, Ravens fans, if you're, if you're going to find something to complain about when it comes to the Ravens, don't complain about what Lamar Jackson isn't doing because he's doing fucking everything. He's literally doing everything for this offense. What you have to complain about is the scheme that has been presented for this team is the lack of weapons that has been provided to this team. Let me say, like, I don't think, obviously the Ravens receiving core is not in the upper echelon of the NFL, right? It's not the Chargers. It's not Mike Williams. It's not... um, Keenan Allen, Keenan Josh Allen. He's been, he's been, Keenan Allen's been so freaking injured lately. I, I forgot his name, right? He's not, he's not them. He's not the Bucks with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Even not, o- the, not the Bengals. They're not the Bengals with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, even Tyler Boyd is their number three. It's not even, the, not even the Cowboys with Ceedee Lamb and uh, Michael Gallup. Right, the Bills have the uh, are in the upper echelon. I mean, good heavens, like the 49ers with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, the Seahawks. The Seahawks, the Broncos, the Broncos. That's what I'm saying. There's so many teams that have a better receiving core. The Steelers, the Steelers in division. But to that point, these are all guys that we've drafted. None of these guys are free agent ads. These are all guys that we have drafted. Demarcus Robinson, Demarcus Robinson being the the outlier. Djax, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's made one play. True, he's been on the field for ten plays. He's made one. Hell of a play. Hell of a play. Give him that. But. You know he's fastest ball carrier of the year so far? He's, yeah. At 35. I told you he's going to make like three good plays, but he's going to be consistently injured. I saw um, that somebody said, um, <laughs> someone, someone's like, uh, someone said Deshaun Jackson was on a podcast smoking hookah a month ago. And now, he's, now he's running 22 miles an hour in a Ravens uniform. That doesn't shock me. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, the Ravens have drafted 98% of their receiving core. Mm-hmm. Like I said, out, uh, outside of uh, Demarcus Robinson and I guess D-Jax too. We've drafted all of these guys, but we're not scheming them open, right? Like, we literally, like if you guys go into Twitter and you, uh, you look up Dan Orvlosky, for those of you that don't know who Dan Orvlosky is, he was a quarterback in the NFL. So he has some merit. He knows what he's talking about. Granted, he was not a star quarterback in the NFL, but he did play quarterback in the NFL. So he knows he knows shit about fuck. Dan Orlowski was so scared of Jared Allen, he ran out of the back of the end zone just to give up two points. Yes, he did. He didn't give a shit. No. He literally broke down a play where the Ravens schematically fucked up. Like, literally, if you're running a flood concept, which is you're flooding a zone, you're flooding an area on the field, but there's different levels to it. So you keep the defenders at different levels to scheme your receivers open and your quarterback an open place to throw the football. Right. But we fucked that one up because we didn't have anybody underneath to keep that corner underneath to open up a throw in the middle of the field. And I literally watched a play like two or three weeks ago at this point, where there was three guys on the left side of the field. I want to say it was Mark Andrews, James Prochet, and Devin Duvernay, all on the left side of the field. They all ran six yards upfield and ran an in route at the same level, one yard from one another. How does that get 
anybody open. It doesn't. It doesn't. Greg Roman is. I've said it before. I've I've been I've not been a fan of his for about a good year and a half, two years at this point. He is incapable of scheming receivers open consistently. And, you know, we all thought as Ravens fans, it was David Culley. We thought David Culley was the, uh, was the issue because he was the pass game coordinator. We thought he was an absolute moron. He left to go be the head coach of the Texans. Granted, he got fired after one season. He kind of got hosed. I'm not going to lie. He did. But then we brought in T. Martin as our pass game coordinator. That dude has some knowledge. His son plays in the NFL. Amari Rogers. That's T. Martin's son? Yeah. I did not know this. Son, stepson, one of the two. Either way, T. Martin has influenced this young man. Amari Rogers, I believe, is his son or stepson, one of the two. Son of a bitch. Son? Um... Maybe? Stepson? Something? I'm trying to figure it out. Go ahead. Okay. He's also worked with the likes of Devontae Adams. Like, like T. Martin has worked with, with some of the upper echelon of the guys at wide receiver in the yeah. NFL. So T. Martin, he knows a little bit of something, right? Yeah. Like, he knows, he knows how the wide receiver position should be played. Yeah. So, if we got rid of David Culley, who doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground... And we bring in T. Martin that does know his ass from a hole in the ground. And the pass game still is not getting better. <sighs> what does that tell you about the offensive coordinator and his schemes that he's putting together? That's very true. <clears throat> Clearly, Greg Roman does not know how to use route combinations to get receivers open, which, let's be honest, the Ravens wide receivers need. Devin Duvernay, James Prochet, Tylen Wallace, Demarcus Robinson, these aren't guys that are known to create separation with their skills. They're not Stephon Diggs. They're not Devontae Adams. They're not Cooper Cup. You know, they're, they're not known to get that, that separation based on their skills. So you do have to scheme them open. Yeah. We're not doing it. Greg Roman is the issue. The Ravens offense will continue to struggle as long as Greg Roman is in charge of that offense. I also saw something that said, uh, you know, the Ravens and the Eagles run a very similar offense. It's very similar. The only difference is in the red zone, the Eagles like to spread it out, <clears throat> whereas the, uh, the Ravens like to play in the red zone. They like to play in a fucking phone booth. Yeah. They just want to play between the hashes. That's it. No, no, there's no, we're not spreading out the defense horizontally. And you know what? The Eagles are number one in the NFL in red zone offense. The Ravens are 24th. It's terrible. It, 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 it is terrible. Um, you know, again, end of the day, you know, this all just comes down to Greg Roman being the issue. He's been, he, he is the issue. He's been the issue. And he will continue to be the issue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he, like, like Holman said, you know, he, he's, he's, he's just going to be the issue. Um, Lamar Jackson's not the issue. If you think getting rid of Lamar Jackson is going to improve the team, you're damn wrong. Because it's not. Greg Roman believes that having Devin DuVernay block for a screen pass to Patrick Ricard is the right play. Which is wild to me. Like, why are you sending... um, Your defensive tackle turned fullback. Right! (laughs) 
why are you sending his big ass to go catch a fucking screen pass? Like, what is that going to accomplish? Why, why are you not pulling him to have him as a lead blocker for your all-pro return man? Devin DuVernay is literally an all-pro return man. You can, you can run a bubble screen to him. That's fine. Put Patrick Ricard out there to block for him. Like, what, like, what, do you, like why? What, do you, what, do you, what, is your, what is your thought behind this? That's like, that's like taking uh, and having Isaiah Likely, who is a pass-catching tight end, out to block for, we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna bring in Calais Campbell. In a fullback position on the on the uh, on the goal line, it's crazy. But we're gonna have Isaiah Likely block for him. No, that's stupid. <laughs> and it, dude, it literally makes no sense. We're just it, like Greg Roman refuses to use pieces correctly and help them out. Like Greg Roman refuses to make anybody's job easier. Like I have a chance to potentially take over as a uh, as a wide receivers coach for my alma mater for uh, alma mater for high school. I I potentially have that opportunity. I have an interview coming up for it. One of the one of the like uh, mottos that I want to preach is everyone's job is easier when everyone does their job. The center's job is easier when the left guard and the right guard do their job. The left guard and the right guard, their jobs are easier when the center and the left tackle and the right tackle do their job. The left and right tackle's job is easier when the right guard and the left guard do their job. Everybody's job is easier when everybody else does their job. The quarterback's job is easier when the offensive line does their job. The quarterback's job is also easier when the wide receiver does their job. The wide receiver's job is easier when the quarterback does their job. It's easier when the linemen do their job. Everyone's job is easier when everyone does their job. The fact is, Greg Roman's not doing his job. He's not. Um, you know, he's really doing a disservice to what the what the offense is actually capable of. I mean, it's not like it's no stranger. The Ravens severely lack weapons. That's not that's not like that's not up for discussion. The Ravens severely lack weapons. I'd love to see them sign. Uh, I know this is this is this is uh, one thing that not everybody agrees with. I'd love to see them sign Odell Beckham Jr. to hear me out here a four year deal. One being this year, so three years after this, okay, and then also draft a top wide receiver in the draft. That way, come next season, Rashad Bateman will be healthy. We have Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr., and the likes of uh, Keyshawn Booty or Boot, whatever, however pronounced. Josh Downs, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jalen Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt, somebody. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like those are our three weapons at wide receiver. Not that Devin Duvernay is not capable to be like a gadget guy and a fill-in guy, but I mean, let's be honest, Devin Duvernay is a return man who can play wide receiver. Yeah. Then you still got Mark Andrews and you got Isaiah Likely. That's another year of, of, uh, of reps under, under Isaiah Likely's belt. We bring in a new offense of coordinator who runs a new offense that actually knows how to run an offense. Dude, I think the Ravens are lights out. I think I think the best move for the Ravens is to sign Roquan Smith in the offseason, franchise tag Lamar Jackson. I've said it I've said it numerous times. <clears throat> because then you can't pay both of them in the in the same offseason. Both of them want too much money. Yeah. Both of them deserve a shit ton of money. Um they both deserve it. They're both not going to get it. But the thing is I think you can keep Lamar Jackson on a franchise tag. I don't know if you can keep Roquan Smith. 
Because Lamar Jackson will get paid as a top five quarterback in the NFL under the franchise tag, which is still a shit ton of money. I mean, he's he's making forty some million next season if he plays under the franchise tag. Yeah, I, it's somewhere in that realm. It has to be. Yeah, around with there. all the with all the other contracts. And then and then you bring in a new offense. You let Lamar run that, and then you pay him the season after. I think that's the smart move. But I don't know. I don't I don't get to run the Ravens organization. Uh, that's probably for the best. Um, I don't get paid to make those decisions. You know, th- signing Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not a I'm not, I'm not opposed to that whatsoever. I, th- I know you're not, but there yeah. are some people. Yeah, that might I think not be. I think that would be a very very good move for the Ravens. Um, I will say this four year deal. I don't really know if I'm up with that one or not. You, but it's basically three years after this. I would say two, two year deal. So this year and next year, that's it. Let them see what you can do. Yeah, you can always trade him. Bingo. Well, I'm saying if you sign to a four-year deal, well, you can always trade him. But bring him in, let him see what he can do, and then take it from there. Um, what about a three-year deal? Meet me in the middle. This year being one of them. Two years after this. Meet me in the middle. Do it. Do it now. One, two, three, now. You done? <laughs> no. Um, Not until you meet me in the middle. I mean, you could, you could, you could, you you could convince me. You can convince me to it. All right, I'll take it. Uh, it's that's close enough. Yeah. But you know we kind of got off, we kind of got off on a tangent. The just public service announcement: if you slander Lamar Jackson's name around me, I will roundhouse kick you. You all seen that guy talking about that shit on the whiteboard? Fuck around. The amount you fuck around, you're gonna find out the same amount. You fuck around at a seven, you're gonna find out at the seven. You're gonna find out at seven. You fuck around on the one, uh, I'll let you. I'll let you off a little easy. I'll let you find out of the one, but. Fuck around, find out. Apparently, fucking around with Lamar Jackson around Poppy is a 10. And if you fuck around at a 10, you're going to find out at a 10. You are going to find out at a 10 because we've seen what happens to teams when they move off of their quarterback or they decide, hey, we don't really need this guy anymore. Some teams it's worked out for. The Eagles have worked out for. Moving off of... um. Slap dick for Jaylen Carson Hurt. Wentz. Yeah, that's him for J- for Jalen Hurts. Moving <laughs> off, moving off of him, it worked out. Okay, yeah, I can't believe you just called him slap dick. I can, but I can't. It's just funny for the Houston Texans. It it does it it it's not working out. No, it's not. For the Miami Dolphins, for a period of time, it didn't work out. It wasn't great when they when they moved off Ryan Tannehill. If you want a case in point as what not to do with your quarterbacks. There is a team located in Cleveland, Ohio. (laughs) If you want an example of how not to treat your players, look at Cleveland. There's a reason why Cleveland has had so many different quarterbacks here over the last few years. Since 2000, they've had, I think Deshaun Watson is going to make, what? Starting quarterback number 30? It's got to be more than that. It's got to be. It's got to be more than that. I'm I'm genuinely curious how many starting quarterbacks Cleveland's had since 2000. Now at this point, I can't even name them all. Let's see. Deshaun Watson <clears throat> is going to be one of them. Jacoby Brissett, Baker Mayfield, Tyrod Taylor, um, Johnny Manziel, Johnny Manziel, Brandon Whedon, Brandon Whedon. There's literally a Wikipedia page. Huh. 
All right. Deshaun Kaiser, Robert Griffin III, Cody Kessler, Josh McCown, Austin Davis, Brian Hoyer, Brandon Whedon, Colt McCoy, Ken Dorsey. Okay. Here we go. Find it. Since 2000, 1999, when they suspended up, this is the year after they suspended operations, okay? Okay. Tim Couch, Ty Detmer, Doug Peterson, Spurgeon Wynn. Uh, I said Tim Couch, I said Tim Couch. Kelly Holcomb, Jeff Garcia, Luke McCown, Trent Dilfer, Charlie Fry, Derek Anderson, Brady Quinn, Ken Dorsey, Bruce Gajkowski, Colt McCoy, Jake DeLone, Seneca Wallace, Brandon Whedon, Thad Lewis, Jason Campbell, Brian Hoyer, Johnny Manziel, Connor Shaw, Austin Davis, Cody Kessler, RG3, Josh McCown, Deshaun Kaiser, Kevin Hogan, Baker Mayfield, Tyrod Taylor, Case Keenum, Nick Mullins, Jacoby Brissett. 34. They had 34 different starting quarterbacks since they have came back into the league. 23 years. 23 years. Trust me, if you decide to start moving off of quarterbacks now because they're having one bad year, this will become the new reality of the Baltimore Ravens. Because I hate to say it, if it wasn't for Lamar Jackson, we would have a new head coach by now. Oh, yeah. He saved John Harbaugh's job his rookie season when he came in for, uh, for Joe Flacco. He did. Oh, yeah. He's, and he saved it since because the season after that, he won MVP. And it's like, and John Harbaugh won coach of the year. So it was right. like, all right, I bought him a little bit of time. Right. And, you know, I'll, and I'll go ahead and say this, too. I love John Harbaugh. I love what he has done for the Baltimore Ravens since he has taken over as head coach. He's a player's coach. He, he, he definitely is. He's a player's coach for sure. What have you done for me? Han Jarball. What have you done for me lately? I've said it before. At like, you get like a, you get like a f- three or five year window of like bragging about a Super Bowl. Outside of that, it's irrelevant. We haven't won, Honestly. Su- we haven't won a Super Bowl in 10 years. Yeah. You get, I, I, give you, I give you three years to talk your shit. Fourth year, you got to simmer down some. Right. Fifth year, all right, you can bring it up. Outside of that, I don't want to hear it. No. You get a, you get a five-year total window to, to talk about a Super Bowl. Outside of that, you don't, like, you don't get to talk about it. Pittsburgh and Dallas, you're done. You don't get to talk about it. Outside of you saying that I'm a Super Bowl-winning coach, yep. that will always be a fact. Yep. Uh-huh. I don't want to hear anything else about it. Dude, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm gonna go. I'll, I will go ahead and say this. Mike McDonald's safe. You think so? Mike McDonald is not going anywhere because he's trying to implement a new sort of a new system for the team. Mike McDonald is very, very is, has always coached a, a a zone scheme. He's not. He's not. He's not a man cover guy. He's a zone guy. There's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is we have press cover corners. Yep. So all that. So. Ultimately, this will be the final season you do see Marcus Peters in a Ravens uniform. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, a, Marcus Peters is going to ask for too much money. B, I think we're going to move off of him. 
just because we're going to start moving in another direction. Marlon Humphrey can play anything. That's why he's having such a good year. If anything, I think he plays a little bit better in zone than he does man. He's less penalty. Uh... Right. He's, l- he's less penalty prone. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, prone. Yeah, in zone versus man. Well, man's just tough. Man's tougher. But if you can play it and you can play it well, you're in good shape. Right. If if you can if you can play man defense very very well, then you're going to be in the league for a while, and and, and you're going to be you're going to be paid handsomely. Oh yeah. You're going to be paid very very well if you can. Yep. Um. So I think Mike McDonald's safe if you get because the defense has improved immensely. Pass rush is there. The secondary is playing well. Once we get Marcus Williams back, then things will kind of fall into place a little more. And I think the loss of Kyle Hamilton, him not playing last week, I think that was a bigger impact than what people think. Oh, I agree. I think I think uh, Kyle Hamilton should be in contention for Defensive Rookie of the Year, if you ask me. Kyle Hamilton does not have the stats in order to compete for it, but as far as impact on a team, I think there may be like two guys who have a bigger maybe I could I could count on one hand the amount of guys who have a bigger impact on the defensive side of the ball from this rookie class. I don't know where Kyle Hampton ranks in Defensive Rookie of the Year, but I think like the only guys ahead of him are Aiden Hutchinson, Sauce Gardner, and Tariq Woolen. I think those are the only three guys ahead of him. So I, But I do think that Kyle Hamilton should be up there as far as that goes. Uh, I mean, that kid Jack Jones from the Patriots, he's playing very well too. Um, I yeah. think he should be up there as well. But I'm, I'm not trying to be a homer and say Kyle Hamilton, but he, I think he is the highest-graded defensive rookie According to Pro Football Focus, Kyle Hamilton is what is what everybody said he was going to be. Yeah, it's, I was it, very, I was very skeptical. It took him a few weeks. Yeah, it I, took him it took him a few weeks to get was, used to it. I was very very skeptical, but there's a reason why you don't hear Kyle Hamilton's name very often on game day. People like he's he's people in a lot are, of coverage. People are avoiding him. He's in a lot of coverage, and he they throw away from him. They are avoiding him because how would you how would you want to throw to a, how would you want to throw to your receiver who's what six foot six one five eleven six two maybe how would you want to throw against somebody who's six four running as fast as your wide receiver? I think he has a longer wingspan than he is tall too, and he's like like that Kevin Durant shit. Exactly, where, where he's like he's like six three or six four, whatever he is, but his wingspan's like six seven. People he's, say he's like a unicorn of of an of of an athlete, especially like a football player. Yeah, he is the next great Raven safety. I'm here for it. I'm I'm stamping it now. Sta- I'm I, for real. I'm I am I am stamping it now. You will see Kyle Hamilton put on one other uniform for the rest of his career, and it's going to be in year 13. Mark it. Okay. Mark it. That's oddly specific. I think it's when, I think it's when Ed Reed put on another jersey. <clears throat> I have no idea. Um, that's oddly specific. But I agree when Marcus Williams comes back, and uh, I think we get Kyle Hamilton back there with the way that he's been playing now. Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams back there. Good night. Good luck. Because uh, I... I Dude, I've said it. I don't think Chuck Clark is a safety. I don't think he is. I think I think he's a hybrid linebacker, and I think that's what I think that's where he belongs. Is a hybrid linebacker type of type of position. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, it is like you are who you are. It's okay. It's okay to be who you are. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I I think I think that's enough of the Ravens. I think. Uh, Closing remarks. Fuck around to find out. Close remark. Fuck around and find out. Um, so let's hop over to college football here. We got conference championships going on starting tonight. 
um, at 8 o'clock in 49 minutes. Number 11, Utah, is taking on number 4, USC. Uh, of course, all of these have huge, absolutely huge playoff implications uh, with the top four spots being in the playoffs. USC currently is a three-point favorite against Utah. These two have met earlier in the season where Utah did beat them. I believe it was some absurd score of like 54 to 53 or like it, it was something It was something egregious like that. It was super high. It was a really high-scoring game. Yeah. Um, so that is tonight at 8 o'clock. Uh, tomorrow, the earliest game is Kansas State, number 10 Kansas State, <clears throat> taking on number 3 TCU. At 4 o'clock, we have number 14 LSU taking on number 1 Georgia. Um, and in the AAC championship, we have number 22 UCF taking on number 18 Tulane. A uh, little tidbit about Tulane. <clears throat> They're actually on the verge of completing the – they have the potential to complete the largest turnaround from one season to another in college football history. I love that for them. Um, right now, if they, if they beat UCF tomorrow – they will go from two and ten to eleven to eleven and two. Good for them. If they then win their bowl game, they will beat out the nineteen ninety nine Hawaii team that went from four and nine to twelve and zero. Wow, good for them. I'm yep. I'm I'm rooting for Tulane at that point. Yep. Um, and then for the Big Ten championship, we have unranked Purdue taking on number two Michigan. Um, honestly, this is the only bowl game that I see, or bowl game, Christ, uh, conference championship uh, that I see on here um, that I'd say really matters. Um, I would say, let's see, we got Pac-12, Big 12, uh, Big 10, ACC is number nine, Clemson taking on number 23, North Carolina. I think that's really it that matters. They're the only ones that don't play another ranked opponent. That's Michigan yeah. against Purdue. Yeah, so it, you know, it, conference championship is always a fun time. Uh, it's always very unpredictable because all these teams that are now competing for their conference title, they've all made it this far for a reason, you know. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, let me get some game picks, and I'm gonna go over some. Then I want to go into some hypotheticals with you. Okay. Um, tonight, uh, you have USC and Utah. Um. USC is the three-point favorite. Who are you taking? Um, I have to take USC in this one. Okay. Um, Lincoln Riley's been here before. He knows he knows what to do. Uh, this is new to Caleb Williams and the rest of that USC team. Maybe not Jordan Addison because I think they did play for the ACC title last year. They won it too. Yeah. So uh, outside of those two, I think uh, I think this is new. This is new ground for all of them. But USC knows what's at stake when you're in. You lose, you're probably out. You're at the mercy of the of the college football playoff ranking committee. That's not a place you want to do. Handle yours. Don't put your fate into somebody else's hands. You got to grab life by the horns and hump it into submission. Shout out Patches O'Houlihan. Shout out Patches O'Houlihan. Just an absolute legend of a person. Uh, I am going to agree with you. I do think USC does handle business. I think this is going to be a very good game, a, a close and competitive game. I agree. Um, ultimately, I do think USC is going to end up handling business and uh, punching their ticket to the CFP. Yeah, I, I think so. It's just, like I said, I think they're going to be like, hey, look, we can win it and we can, take our, we can control our own destiny. We yeah. win and we're in. If yep. we lose, 
we're at the fate of other people. Let's not do that. Let's just let's just go out there. Let's handle it. Let's do it. Yeah. So yeah. I think they win. Yeah, I agree. Um, heading into tomorrow, um, this is a team that you haven't been shy about uh, here throughout the season. Uh, you have t- number 10, Kansas State, taking on number 3, TCU. TCU is currently a one-and-a-half point favorite. Um, you know, TCU's had a lot of trouble this year with um, getting started early. And it started quick. Yeah. Uh, they haven't done it. They've done it once, and it was their last game they've played. Um, so do you think they ride that hot hand? Do you think they're able to get off to a hot start? You're over there shaking your head no. I no. know they can't see it, but everybody else can't see it, but I can. Um, so what are, your, what are your thoughts on this game? I told you two weeks ago, I think TCU does finish out the regular season at, at, at undefeated, 12-0. and 0. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to play Kansas State in the Big 12 championship. Kansas State does have a very good offense. They can score the the ball very very well. Kansas State has the 41st ranked offense in the country. I know it doesn't it like when you look at it like that it's it's not great. But they're number 10. Kansas State is a very good team. I think TCU screws this one. Okay. I said it 2 weeks ago that I think TCU lands loses to Kansas State in the championship game. I'm sticking with it. I think Kansas State wins this one. Um, I I am gonna be on the flip side of the coin from uh with this one. I do think TCU does handle business. Um, I think TCU will also punch their ticket to the CFP. Um, you know they they've been battle tested all year. Um, you know they're kind of built for they're 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 built for something like this. They have I mean none of the players on this team have really had the opportunity to even compete for the CFP. I mean they've been pretty abysmal over the last few seasons ever since um, uh Gary Patterson left. Uh, when he had his like allegations or whatever the hell was going on there at TCU, um, but you know they they've been battle tested all year. I th- I, th- I think they'll end up squeaking this one out. I think it'll be close. I think I think it'll be very. I think it'll be really close. Um, but ultimately, I think uh, TCU will get the job done. Well, to like kind of put into perspective here, uh, so they did play earlier in the season. TCU uh, did end up beating Kansas State thirty-eight to twenty-eight. Uh. This was a game where uh, Kansas State, I believe, their starting quarterback got injured. Adrian Martinez. They ended up bringing in the the backup. The backup actually played pretty well. Thirteen of twenty for two hundred and twenty five yards, two touchdowns, and a picks yeah. and a pick. Max Duggan did have a good game, seventeen to twenty six for two eighty three touchdowns and no interceptions. Um, and then their running back, um, uh, Keandre Miller, he had a hell of a game too. Um, he was up over 150 yards rushing. Let's say 153 and two touchdowns. Um, Kansas State star running back Deuce Vaughn. Um, he's he's a shifty little guy. You got to watch out for him. Um, but nobody really nobody had any receivers over 100 yards. Um, Keandre Miller. He had he was the only player over 100 yards um, from scrimmage outside of the outside of the quarterbacks. But I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people think. I think Kansas State ultimately does squeak this one out. I think the offense gets rolling early. Uh, like you said, TCU not great from playing from behind this year. Um, no, they are good at playing from behind. They're not going to start early. That part. Um, but I, I think I think Kansas State just kind of just keeps the throttle down and ends up winning this one. Okay. Um, you know, again, like I said, you know, you and I are on different sides of the coin from that. Um, so that'll remain to be seen as far as what happens. Um, I'm going to skip to a different 4 o'clock game, te- a team that we were just talking about. Uh, Tulane and UCF, I know this really doesn't have any impact on the CFP, but um, 
earlier this week, it was announced that the 12-team playoff format for the CFP is going to take effect in the 2024-2025 season. Um, so this conference championship game, two years from now, is going to have is going to hold a lot of weight. Yeah, it would mean something. It re- it really would. So, um, so if you had so if you look at these two teams, UCF has a top ten defense, uh, top ten offense in the country. Tulane has Tulane has one of the better defenses. Um, again, we were just talking about it. Um, Tulane is at home for this game. What do you think ends up happening? Uh, I don't know enough about either one of these teams to really make an educated pick, but because you brought up that point about Tulane potentially uh, having the best turnaround season in college football history, I'm rooting for Tulane here. I want them to win this. I want them to win their bowl game. I want them to have that. That's just, that's that, kind of cool. That, that's a heartwarming that story. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, I mean, I'm in the, I'm in the same way as you. I don't really know a whole lot about about both teams. Uh, UCF is pretty electric on offense. That I do know. They they kind of always have been though. Yeah. Like of recent. They they of recent they've been pretty good on offense. But I couldn't tell you one player that plays for either one of those teams. No, I couldn't either. Um but ultimately I do think Tulane's gonna handle business. Um they're gonna get the win, win their win their uh conference title and then uh keep it pushing. Hopefully they win their bowl game. It'd be a nice story if they if they have such a such a miraculous turnaround. Yeah, I'd love that. Uh it w- it would be a hell of a story. Um but you know, games like this, you know, these are things that we're gonna have to start paying attention to now. Yeah, we're gonna have to. Well, we got one more year of not paying attention. Doesn't matter. And what? Two years from now, we got to pay attention. Right, right, right. Um, <clears throat> kind of a meaningless game. I'm sk- I'm skipping over the two big ones. Um, for the for the sake of it, these are two teams that we do know a decent amount about. Uh, the ACC title game, number nine Clemson taking on number twenty three North Carolina. These are two quarterbacks who one had a lot of hype surrounding him when he came into when he made his way to Clemson. The the other is looking like he's going to be a slam dunk top five pick uh, when he does eventually leave for the draft. I'm talking about DJ and Drake May. Um, of course, those two guys are are the headliners of this game. Who is going to put their team in a better situation to win this game today? Drake May. Okay, I agree with you. Drake May overall is the better quarterback in my opinion. I think DJ. I'm not going to try his last name. I've done it multiple times. I don't like the way that it sounds when I say it because I think I'm saying it wrong every time. I want to look at it. I've always attempted it without actually looking at his name. Um, but I think Drake Mason handled business. Um, he, was, uh, he was a Heisman candidate throughout the majority of the year for a reason. I think he's going to continue, continue his upward play. Um, and I think he, with them beating Clemson, They'll then go ahead and play DJ Uyagalele. That was pretty darn good. There's no N in it. I've been pronouncing it Uyagalele, but there's no N. It's Uyagalele. Uyagalele. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Um, you know, I think I think with ha- with what uh, Drake May is doing this season. I think they're going to build on it, and I think North Carolina is going to be a team to reckon with here for the next two two years. I think they're going to steal some recruits as long as as long as he's there. They're losing Josh Downs, who's going to go to the NFL draft this year, which is going to hurt. Yeah, that sucks. But I think they're going to steal some recruit recruits. You're probably right. You know, you know who I think it might end up there? Theo Weiss from Oklahoma. Really? He he was a top wide receiver recruit going he, into Oklahoma. He, he entered the portal. He entered the portal. Did he? I think I think he might go play for UNC and go play with Drake May at quarterback. Yeah, that that would definitely be something. I mean, I mean they have a great coach there with Mac with uh, Mac Brown. 
Um, so it wouldn't be too surprising. Um, but again, the Tulane to UCF, Clemson, North Carolina, they don't really hold a lot of weight for this for this um for the upcoming CFP. These two games, though, these hold a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> Dude, no way you just did that. <laughs> no way. No shot. Did yeah. you soil yourself? <laughs> you did. I can't even say maybe. Dirty bastard. I pray to God they don't hear that. I pray they do. I really hope you guys just don't hear what Holman did. <laughs> oh, I farted. That was like a church house creeper. <laughs> it really was. Okay. I'm not, we're not here to talk about farts. We're here, we're here, to, we're here to talk about the fucking college football. <laughs> we could be. Well, we're, that's this is the Poppy and Holman Sports Lab, not the Poppy and Holman... Sharts Lab. Sharts Lab, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So... I'd listen. Saturday... <laughs> You're trying to lock it in. I just refuse I, to let you. I am. I just refuse. I am. We're I'm, all, a pe- I'm a piece of shit. We're almost there. We're almost there. Just hold on. Saturday. Going home. Four o'clock. Mercedes-Benz, Super- Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Georgia. LSU. <laughs> Who are you taking? Georgia. Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Georgia wins this. Okay. Yeah. Is it close at all? Because uh, right now the spread is currently sitting at 17 and a half. I think Georgia probably wins this one by ten. Ten. Okay. I, th- I I think ten. I think ten's a reasonable number. Okay, I'm with that. Um, you know, I'm kind of genuinely, genuinely, I'm I've got mixed emotions about this game because Georgia has been so high for so long. Eventually, a fall is going to come. They didn't win the SEC title last year, and they still made the CFP. Ultimately. I think they're the only team that can lose this weekend and they still make the CFP. Hmm. Um because if you look at everybody else's opponent if if you look at if you look at everybody else, TCU played in a very weak Big Twelve. I agree. USC has one loss. To Utah. To Utah, exactly. If I think if they lose the same team twice, I think they're out. Yeah, that's it. Um, and then if you look at Michigan, they're playing a team that's eight and four. They're playing a winless team. They're playing an unranked team in their conference championship. I agree. I think Georgia is the only lock and key team in the CFP. Hmm. I'd agree with that. Of the top four teams are the only one that you can say definitively they're going to make the CFP. Yeah. The worst they could do is four. I think the worst the worst they'll go is two. I think I mean legitimately, I th- yeah. The worst the worst they'll fall to is number two. I don't know, maybe three. Maybe maybe three. I could see I could see some sort of realm where if Georgia loses Everybody else wins. Michigan goes to one. USC goes to two. Wow, really? I th- I th- yeah. Well, maybe TCU. I, I guess it depends. Well, I don't know. I guess it depends on that game. Depends on the games. Yeah. But I, I, think, uh, I think Michigan goes to one. 
I think potentially USC goes to two. Georgia at three. They won't put they won't put Michigan at one and Georgia at four. They don't want to have to be a first round game. Well, I think Georgia would be three. TCU would be four. Right. No, that that that's the point that I'm making. They're, yeah. They don't want their that game is not going to be one. The one before is not going to be Michigan and Georgia, because then the title game would be a slaughter. Yeah. Just because both teams are so good defensively. Honestly, I'm going to go ahead and go out, go out on a limb here. I think Georgia knows that they can kind of take it a little easy. I think LSU is going to steal the SEC title game. Okay. Going out on a little bit, a little bit of a limb here. I'm not ruling it out. I, I think I think Georgia only wins by 10 instead of 17 and a half. I, th- I think LSU plays this game a little bit closer than what people think. Yeah. LSU's not a bad team. Uh-uh. Uh, was it uh, Jaden Daniels? He's a damn good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Good young quarterback down That's, there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they have a lot. Of, I mean, I mean, LSU has been is a recruit hub. Oh yeah. You know, a, a, everybody wants to go to to LSU. It helps that they brought in Brian Kelly, who's a big name coach. Right. Who who recruited the hell out of people when he was going to Notre Dame? Oh, he yeah, he rebuilt Notre Dame. Yeah. Incredibly well. Yeah. Um, and now I mean, this is honestly, I think this is the most important uh, championship game there is this weekend. Michigan and Purdue. I kind of alluded to it earlier. Purdue is a unranked team. And then if you look at Michigan, they're playing without Blake Corum. Yeah, he's done for the season. He's, he's got to get knee surgery. Yep. He's done for the season. He'll, he's, he's never going to put on maize and blue again because he's going to go to the NFL draft. Oh, yeah. he's Yeah. Um, His draft stock will never be higher than what it is now. Right. So... Michigan's got to take care of business. Mm-hmm. They have to. Oh, yeah. Purdue has nothing to lose. I agree. I agree. Can you kind of tell, tell where I'm going here? You see an upset. There's, there's something about this matchup. I will say this. All right, Blake Corum's out. And I'll give yeah. you that. That's a huge loss. Their quarterback, they have now, Michigan always has had a problem with quarterbacks up until this year. J.J. McCarthy's playing very, very well. J.J. McCarthy's got that dog in him. He does have that dog in him. He, I mean, he beat out uh, McNamara for the job. Uh, McNamara actually went to the transfer portal. He's gone. He's already, he's already committed to a school. Did you see that? Yes. He's going to Iowa. Iowa. That's yeah. what it was, yeah. <clears throat> um, but that number two running back that Michigan has, they're, like, losing Blake Corm sucks, and, and I will agree with that. But... That number two running back, they're not missing it. They're not missing too big of a step. Yeah. Like obviously it sucks losing Blake Corn, but I mean that that dude ran for his freaking life against Ohio State. Now, granted, he broke off like two seventy yard touchdowns. Right. Um, but that that that'll always help the call. Yeah, that's that's gonna help the card. Uh, Donovan Edwards. That's a that's his name from from Michigan sophomore from yeah. Michigan. Uh yeah, I mean he he's 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 a damn good uh damn good running back. I think they'll be okay against Purdue. I'm just saying, man, there is nothing more dangerous than a team that has nothing to lose. Than a cornered Bengal tiger. Okay. You may have me there. Okay. But when when it comes to situations like this, they're a team with nothing to lose. True. I'm just saying, Michigan's got to be careful. So if Michigan loses to Purdue, right? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's throw it out there. Everybody else wins. 
even though I think TCU loses for the sake of this for the sake of this conversation. Let's say they win. So you got Georgia at one, Michigan yeah. loses, TCU goes to two. It de- it depends how it depends how USC it depends how USC wins. It depends how TCU wins. So you think that they could be interchangeable potentially? I I, I think they have the poten- the potential to be because USC has been dominant in all of their games this year, and TCU hasn't. Even though TCU is undefeated, I think TCU would end up as number two uh-huh. just because they are still undefeated. Um, but you can make a, a case for USC to go to number two, depending on how they beat Utah, because Utah's had a really good defense. They do. So let's, let's just for the sake of the conversation, Georgia won, Michigan loses. So TCU goes to two, USC goes to three. Now that four spot is open. Yes. Okay. So now you have Michigan, who just lost to unranked Purdue, but in the conference championship. Then you have Ohio State sitting there at five who their only loss is to Michigan in the last game of the regular season. Granted, Michigan did beat them by a pretty decent margin, but like I said, it was at the end of the game. It kind of looked like Ohio State just kind of stopped playing, and Michigan just, like, no pun intended, literally ran away with the game. Yeah. Uh, like I said, uh, the running back for Michigan broke off like two 70-yard touchdowns. It was insane. Yeah. And then you got Alabama sitting at six at 10-2. and two. So now we got three teams fighting for that four spot. Michigan, Ohio State, and Alabama all have one loss. Ohio State's is to Michigan. Michigan loses in the conference championship, and Alabama has two. Who is the four seed in your eyes in that? And that I want I want you to keep this as unbiased as right. possible. Oh, absolutely. I, I know as an Ohio State fan, it's a little tough, right? Of course, you want to yeah. see your team in there. And Ohio State is a very good team. I mean, let's not get that misconstrued. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> that's very, very interesting. It really, it, it really is at this point. I think it's between Ohio State and Michigan. I honestly, I don't think Alabama's in. Um, no, I think I think Alabama needs a lot more help than just one team losing. I agree. I um, I think Alabama is appropriately ranked at six, but I think that agreed. I think that their playoff chances are 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 not there. Agreed. I mean, if you like, if you look at what Alabama has done this season, I'm pulling up their schedule right now. So give me just one moment. Um, if you look what they've done this season. You know, they scraped out a close win at Texas. They beat then number 20 ranked Arkansas. A&M by four. They lost to Tennessee. They beat a ranked Mississippi State. Lost to LSU by one. Beat a then ranked Ole Miss by six. That was a top 10 ranked Ole Miss, right? 11. 11, okay. Yep, they were ranked 11 at the time. If you look at what all they've done, the teams that they should have beat the shit out of, they did. Utah State, 55 up. Uh, University of Louisiana Monroe. Like, if I get this right, I'll shit. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Ew, you pooped. Um, they beat them 63-7. Vandy, 55-3. Um, Austin P, thirty-four nothing. Those teams they handle business against. The yeah. teams they should have, they did. A and M never should have been that close. Never should have been that close. I agree. Neither should Texas. Texas should not have been that close. Texas was the better team for three and a half quarters. Texas that game. lost and still became ranked after that game. Yep. So that ne- that never should have been that close. Again, I agree. I- I agree. I agree with your point. It then comes down to Michigan and Ohio State. So what? What has more weight? 
You know what I mean? Like Michigan beat Ohio State, but lost in the conference championship to an unranked yeah. team. But it is the conference championship, right? You know, it, if you, if you look at Ohio State, I think ultimately, yes, they lost to Michigan, but they I think I think they are the more complete team, top to bottom. I think they are. I think they have. They're more skilled than Michigan is top to bottom. Also, if you look at offensive and defense, offensive and defensive metrics, they're in the top ten of both. Yep. Michigan, that's not something that Michigan can claim. They have the number two defense in the country that they can say, but they're on but they're closer to the thirtieth offense in the country, which with hundred and fifty some teams, that's still pretty damn pretty damn good. Oh yeah, that's damn good. Um so ultimately Ohio State is the better team. They weren't when they played. Statistically. Statistically, yes. They weren't when they played. The record says and the score says Michigan was the better team this year. Nobody's gonna argue that, but then it comes into then it comes for you to think. Okay, well, Michigan beat a team that is top ten in offensive and defensive metrics. That's pretty damn good. Nobody's gonna argue that. Might be the biggest win of the season it, of any of any team. Might be. You could argue it. It's be, it's between Georgia beating Tennessee, but I personally I outweigh the Michigan uh, win over the Georgia win because Georgia was at home, Michigan was on the road. So I personally outweigh it. That's my opinion. Right, right. Um, but then you have to think to yourself, okay, well, Michigan lost to a significantly lesser opponent. I agree. Conference championship game or not? Okay. I really don't think it. Ha- I really don't think that aspect matters. But the fact of the matter is, you lost to a team that really snuck in there. Purdue got in by by default. Yes, because they play in the Big Ten. West, West, yes. Where, which, which that it's it's tough to get out of there. They came out of eight and four. The other three teams to finish beneath them were seven and five. Yeah, but then it's crazy. Like right, like you have uh, Ohio State who's fifth in the country. You have Penn State who's eighth. You know what I mean? You have two other teams in that big uh, that Big Ten East that could easily be the team that comes out of the Big Ten West. Yeah, easily. I, yeah, I I agree with you. I definitely do. Um. So then, what you also have to look at is okay. Well, what has both team do- what has both teams done this season? Okay. Okay. Let me hear. Ohio State has wins against then number then number five Notre Dame, who ended up sneaking back into the top twenty five. I don't know where they're at now. According to the CFP, Notre Dame is twenty one. Okay. Um, and they also shellacked Penn State. At Penn State. I'll give you that. Penn State's only two losses are to Michigan and Ohio State. Yes. Um, and then if you if, if you look at the rest of their schedule, I mean, they handle business against Wisconsin. Wisconsin's always tough. Iowa has a good defense. And then, of course, they lost to Michigan. Mm-hmm. Turn it around and you look at Michigan. I gotta pull it up. Give me a second. They've beat Penn State. They beat Penn State. They beat Ohio State. And they beat Illinois, who I know is not ranked, but they do have, I believe it's the number one defense in the country. Yeah. If not, top top five, for sure. Um, And I know that was a bit of an ugly game, but they did win it. Number three defense in the country. All right. Well, that's no slouch. I don't know who has number one now at this point, but that's, that's a real... It's not Georgia. I did check. Um, But then if you look at the rest of... If you look at the rest of their schedule, they had trouble with Maryland. So did Ohio State. Well, it's very true. 
but they had trouble with Maryland at the big house. Ohio State had trouble with Maryland on the road. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Then the only other team they really had trouble with was Illinois, but that was an, like you said that was that was an ugly game. I think I think there was like what forty mile an hour winds or some shit like that. It was that. crazy. It really was. Um. And once again, they were playing a top five defense of the country. Right. And on the flip side of that, you know, that same week, um, no, that wasn't the week before, or two weeks before, Ohio State had trouble with Northwestern. Maybe that, I think that was the game that had like 40 mile an hour wins. They had trouble with Northwestern, and Ohio State won 21 to 7. So yeah. still won by two scores. Um, so, full summer, like we, you gave me the summary. Concluding thoughts. Concluding thoughts. Michigan being the only top four team to lose, who gets number four, Ohio State or Michigan? Uh, I think ultimately Michigan would. Okay. Uh, in order for Ohio State to make it in, I think if Ohio State, in order if if Ohio State is to make it in, USC or TCU has to lose. I agree. I agree. I think Michigan and Georgia are locks. I think Michigan is as well. I I. I, there is some room for error for Michigan. I think what also would help them, weirdly enough, would be Georgia losing too. That would help Michigan. If if Georgia loses and Michigan loses, locked. Yeah, you're good. At, you're good at that point. I mean, realistically, there is a chance all four of these teams lose. <laughs> <laughs> that would make for a wild Tuesday. That would that there's a realistic chance that all four of these teams lose. And honestly, I don't see how the committee can keep in a two loss USC over a one loss Ohio State. I could agree with that statement. Especially when USC has lost the same team twice. Genuinely, if TCU loses, I don't see how a one loss TCU stays in over Ohio State. I'll take it a step further. Uh-oh. I don't see how a two-loss USC stays in over Alabama. I would agree with that one as well. When Alabama's two losses are to LSU, who's playing in the SEC championship, and, and Tennessee. to Tennessee, who is number nine currently, and they were the hottest team in the country at the time. Right. They have since cooled off since their starting quarterback has been injured. Well, that but is was, typically what happens. <laughs> exactly. Or I'm sorry, Tennessee is seven. Seventh. Okay. So... Do not be surprised if all four of these teams lose and you see two conferences that represent the CFP and only two conferences. Wow. So you want to say Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Alabama? Um, Ultimately, no. But you wouldn't be surprised. Ultimately, no. Um, I think TCU handles business, but I am leaning a little bit in your favor of they do have a, the best chance of losing. And I think USC has a decent chance of losing, too. Okay, so we've went over all the hypotheticals. We've went over everything, game picks, everything like that. Based off my game picks. Give me your one through six. My one, my one th- based off my game picks. Michigan 1, TCU 2, 
Okay. Georgia, three. USC, four. Ohio State, five. Alabama, six. Okay, so Michigan wins, jumps Georgia. TCU jumps Georgia as well? Because they stay undefeated. Okay. Michigan, TCU, Georgia, USC. Weaker, weaker, weaker schedule or not. The un, be, staying undefeated for TCU outweighs um, what out, outweighs a stronger Georgia team. Okay. Honestly, something, something else as well. Based off what they have done this season, depending on how bad or, or depending on how close that Michigan to Purdue game is, do not be surprised if the TCU Horned Frogs end up as the number one team in the country. Really? Okay. That'd be wild. I'm here for it. Yeah. Do not be surprised if they end up as the number one team in the country. I'm here for it. Um, but I agree that <clears throat> Michigan, ultimately, if they were to lose, I think they keep their spot in over Ohio State. <clears throat> like I said, I think that that win is the biggest win in college football this season. Obviously, Georgia beating Tennessee is number two. That's just my opinions. If Ohio State had lost to anybody else, they would get in over Michigan. I agree. If they if they had lost to any other team, they would be in over Michigan. Yep. Well, they would have beat Michigan, so they'd be good. Um, yeah. But I think ultimately how it plays out come Tuesday after all of the championship games, uh, Georgia won, Michigan two, USC is three, and Ohio State is four. I think Ohio State's going to sneak in and with think, TCU losing. I think TCU loses, and I think that brings Ohio State back into uh, that number four. Because, I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest. Ohio State versus Georgia is a lot more enticing than TCU versus Georgia. Mm-hmm. Let's just call it what it is. Ohio State's loss was only to number two Michigan. TCU lost to number 10 Kansas State. A team that they beat earlier. A team that they've already beaten. So I think Ohio State jumps into four. I think Kansas, or, uh, TCU goes down to five, and Alabama stays home at six. I just think that's the way that, that ends up working out. So I really don't have anything uh, changing except for TCU and TCU at uh, falling out to five, USC going up to three, and Ohio State going to four. So then that leaves our my playoff bracket as Georgia and Ohio State on one side and Michigan versus TCU on the other. And you know what? I think that's TCU too- or USC. That one. There's too many fucking acronyms. We went over this. And USC on the other side. Okay. I think those are two very good matchups. Yeah, I would agree. Georgia and Ohio State, Michigan and USC. Two very balanced, two very well balanced teams on one side. One team that can light it up on offense and the one team that can stifle you on defense. Yep. I think I think that's two great games. I think I think that's what it ends up being, especially based off my schedule predictions. That's what I'm cheering for. That's what I'm rooting for. Um, All right. That's what I got. I'm with it. That's what I'm, I'm freaking with it. Well, my guy, I'm pretty sure that's all we got. Yeah, I will say this. Um, Chris, Chris Paul got that dog in him, too. Chris Paul does have that dog in him, if it's true. 
I think it is true. I don't know. Ye kind of lost it. Kanye West came out and said that he caught Kim Kardashian cheating on him with Chris Paul. Dude, all I'm going to say about that is Cliff Paul is out here wiling out. Cliff Paul is a menace to society. Chris Paul is a good, wholesome guy. Cliff Paul, menace. You think he said, call me Cliff? That'd be cool. That'd be sick, wouldn't it? Let's be honest. Kim Kardashian would believe that's Cliff Paul, too. <laughs> She's dumb enough. Throw a mustache. Yo, you know, you know what's crazy? If you look at the body count from the Kardashians, you could, you could fucking form a championship winning team. It's damn near the, uh, the Clippers team. Okay, so Chris Paul. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. James Harden. James Harden. Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson. Ben Simmons. Oh, God, Ben Simmons, too. Um, I'm missing Chris Humphreys off the bench. Who else are we missing? Blake, did you say Blake Griffin? I said Blake Griffin. I'm missing someone because Kendall Jenner's had has had some guys. Uh, what do I feel like uh, Lamelo Ball was in there? Was he not? No. Huh. Who has Kendall Jenner dated in the NBA? Oh, you're really you're really looking this up. Jordan Clarkson. Oh heavens. Um. You're really looking this up, and I appreciate that. I am. I think that's it. I'm done with you. All right, cool. That's enough. Uh, yeah, Chris Paul's got that dog in him if that's real. Ye's out here. He's fucking lost it. Him and Antonio Brown are having a competition on who can be the biggest menace to society. Uh, the news broke that uh, Chris Paul was cheating on uh, his wife with Kim Kardashian while Kim Kardashian was married to Kanye. Antonio Brown took offense to that and said, fuck it. I'm going to cause a domestic dispute, and then I'm going to lock myself in my house. Fucks up with it, Ye. Kanye West and uh, um, Antonio Brown are having a CTE fight. <laughs> I don't even think Kanye has CT. I think he's just delusional. Dude, it, dude, he's been making beats that hard. You know damn well he's got CT. <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean, Kobe Bryant? It means what it means. Okay. It means what it means. 808s and heartbreak. Bingo. <laughs> I don't know what, has, what that has to do with anything. Maybe if he wasn't a fucking college dropout. I see what you did there. Thank you. All right, before we go, favorite Yay album, go. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm probably going to go with 808s and Heartbreak. Mm. I don't know. I'm not a huge Kanye fan. Neither am I. Uh, I'm not a major Kanye fan. I'm also not looking at his projects right now. Um, I'm not a big Ye fan. I, ha- I, like, like I'm, I, was, I was pretty sure about what I picked. Um, graduation. That's a good one. Yeah. Graduation's fire. Yeah, I mean, graduation's good, too. It, Ka- Kanye, Kanye West might be saying some very, very off-the-wall and off-the-wall things and things that I don't support right now, but I will say that the Kanye I grew up knowing and listening to, graduation is... Graduation's graduation might be better. Top-tier. Yeah. I, dude, like I said, I, I'm not a big Kanye fan. Neither am I, but if I, ha- if I had to pick one, that was, that's what I'm picking. It might be graduation. Yeah. You might have talked me into that. Now that I'm looking at it, it might be graduation. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. It's definitely not Donda. No. 
Again, I think Kanye West is dumber than a sack of bricks right now. Well, not right now. I just think he is dumber than a sack of bricks. Um, but yeah. That's all I got to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, big guy. Let's get the hell on out of here. Uh, we got the uh, the Pac-12 championship coming up in here in a couple minutes. Uh, it's 7.51. It's the sign-off time. might be 7.52 by the time we're fucking done. Who knows? Uh, but Pac-12 game's coming on. Hope you guys watch that. Uh, you guys will probably listen to this tomorrow unless you guys are that dedicated that you listen to it tonight when it's posted. That'd be sick. Yep, that'd um, be sick. We'd appreciate it. We would appreciate it. Um but hope you guys have a good weekend. Stay safe. Hope everyone gets all their uh, their holiday shopping done, get all the uh, the decorations up and everything like that. Uh, stay safe. Have a good weekend, and we will catch you guys next week. Yep. Thanks, guys. We will see you next week. And uh, don't fuck with Lamar Jackson. Fuck, fuck around and find out. Fuck around and find out. Peace. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.